Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Go get us a dubby. Hell yeah. Ready. Green, green, green. What the f***? Copy. Right on down. We got to go, Brad. Unbelievable, man. Way to keep your head in this. Holy s***. Oh, boy. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Darren Gilliam, a.k.a. Black Flags Matter, back for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. I'm Black Flags Matter. I am joined by, well, most of our uh, panel uh, have the Iceberg and Eric Eastep. Danny B. Talks, he's out tonight. Don't worry, he will be back next week. We love you, Danny. So unfortunately, no no uh, Tennessee Vols or Titans or WWE references <laughs> tonight. So I, I love those. I love those, though. So Wait a minute, you're, you're, you're referencing them all. Bingo. <laughs> Darian referenced him. Oh, I rep. There you go. See, there you go. But yeah, so yeah, Danny be gone tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But yeah, let's get right into it with our hot take segment. And first up is Eric. Go for it. I did a video yesterday where I addressed the Kyle Larson is not clutch narrative. And I think a lot of folks in my comments read the headline and made up my opinion for me and didn't actually listen to what I had to say. Because there was one point I made in that video that I want to reiterate here tonight. I think it's frustrating, annoying, and short-sighted that so many drivers are labeled as not clutch. Kyle Larson is just one of many. I think Denny Hamlin for years has had a reputation for coming up small in big moments. Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, uh, Martin Truex Jr. The list could go on. And listen to these drivers I'm talking about. Most of them are champions. They've all won races. They're all, I think almost all but Elliott, I guess, are in the playoffs, making deep playoff runs. It's hard to win in NASCAR, it's way easier to lose than it is to win. There's 39 winners or 39 losers, I should say, only one winner. So naturally, if you're racing up front consistently, you're going to lose more than your fair share of races. So while in the case of Kyle Larson specifically, maybe he overdrove at Texas and spun himself out. Maybe he's made small mistakes, maybe been a little too aggressive here and there in the past. He's also used that aggression to win a ton of races and win a championship in his young career. So I think fans love to label drivers and athletes. And I think right now we have too many drivers labeled in NASCAR as not clutch. The only truly clutch driver I've seen in my lifetime was Jimmy Johnson from like 2006 to 2016. Outside of Jimmy, I think you could call every NASCAR driver not clutch to a degree. Yeah, so Skip Bayless would say not um, pretty much most of the field doesn't have the clutch gene. They don't the have killer the instinct. <laughs> Well, as for mine, I'm going to go towards Texas as a track itself. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Texas. I know that uh, from what it seems like, Dale Jr. has been running defense for Texas a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to say this, and it's not defense for Texas. It's defense for, I think, both long-term common sense and actually fixing the issues. And my hot take is this. The current configuration of Texas we have now will be better for NASCAR long-term than a super speedway. Yeah, super speedway is going to have that flashiness up front. It's going to be great. We're going to have everybody, you know, racing for the win, big crashes. You get the commercials set up for for it and everything. But the problem is, is that one, you know, they're going to probably 
put another Texas race on. So what are we going to be at at that point? Eight super speedways, a quarter of the schedule being super speedways. We've seen with road courses, even good road course races, that uh, if you have a lot of them on the schedule, fans will complain even if they ask for them. And I think the same thing will happen there. Intermediate racing right now I think is better than it's been in a long time. So you can fix it with just fixing either the car, the track, whatever. And I'll be completely honest, I'm. it would hurt the legitimacy, I think, long-term, especially because there's already talks of two super speedway races possibly being in the playoffs. Uh, at that point, it's going to be hard. It, it's either you have one in the playoffs and then six, seven in the regular season on top of the road courses being those wild cards. At that point, you're starting to chip away at legitimacy with championship, the system, whatever it might be. I think that they should go back to the old old one or ride out the one they have now. Do not do a super speedway. Texas Motor Speedway last weekend was better than any short track race this year. I know you guys are always talking about Texas, you know, sucks, this and that, including myself, including myself. Well, everyone except Eric, it seems like. Eric's like, yeah, and I get it. I get it. It's your home track, basically. I get it. But but yeah, so, you know, with all the problems that, you know, the track has and also the problems with the car, that race we saw, what it, I didn't think it was bad, honestly. And maybe my perspective skewed because instead of watching the broadcast for most of it, I was watching the raw satellite feed. So they were going, they were panning to every single, every sort of battle they could find. I mean, there was some passing, you know, every now and then, but yeah, look, for the most part, you know, like, you know, it just was a regular Texas race until, you know, it started getting chaotic and we'll get to that in a moment. But, but yeah, I mean, look, it's certainly one of the worst tracks for, for the cup series to race on, but for that day in particular, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was the worst. And I don't know when you compare that to every short track race we've had this year. It, I'm sorry. It, it clears, it clears every single one of them. And it's crazy. I'm saying that in 2023, but Hey, we've got to face the facts. Short track racing is uh, it's dead at the moment. And it's so dead that even Texas can uh, put on a much better product than uh, any of them can. So, so yeah. Let the record show. I may be a Texas motor speedway Homer, but it was these two who just spent the hot take segment defending it to a degree. Not me. So, Hey, uh, hey, hey I we, mean, we call, I'll, we call I'll, like we see it. I, I will take a, in my opinion, I still thought it was a bad race or at least a mediocre race. I will take a <laughs> mediocre to below average race over a, another super speedway. And also vote Fair for enough. me on the poll. I have a death bat. <laughs> I have it. I have it somewhere. Yeah. yeah I have mine yeah, somewhere. I know yeah. where mine's at. <laughs> the poll is up and uh yeah i'll have we'll uh, revisit that uh later on in the show but i see we have over 300 people watching make sure to lick the like button uh let's get to 100 likes before the top of the hour but okay fellas so like uh, some of us just mentioned texas texas motor speedway uh opening up the round of 12 uh i guess let's start off with the winner man william byron win number 300 for, well, not for him. That'd be crazy if he won 300 races. But not no, yet. Number, yeah, not yet, right? Win number 300 for Hendrick Motorsports. And I, we all watched them. Uh, uh, we all watched uh, when Jimmy Johnson won them their 200th. And it feels just like yesterday. But damn, now 300 wins uh, um, a decade later. So, Eric, you start off with us. I mean, William Byron, man. I mean, we've teeter-totted with like, okay, he's the favorite. He's not the favorite here. Um, I mean, do you, you know, now that he's locked into the round of of uh, to the round of 12 and with the points gap he'll have to the round of eight, I mean, is he as close to a thing as a shoe win for the, the championship four? Do you think? Uh, I mean, I think he'll make the championship four. No one's locked in, but get this. I mean, 
some of his wins and not all of his wins have been dominant. Like this win, it took two or three of the faster cars, I think taking themselves out or, you know, whatever the case may be, it took late race restarts for Byron to win. But that being said, William Byron has twice as many wins as anyone else in cup this year. Like he has separated himself six wins. That's an elite season. Uh, I think the next highest, there's a few guys with three. So um, William Byron's had a fantastic season. He ran a great second half of the race. Uh, he didn't qualify well. He qualified, I think, around 16th or 18th. Um, had me a little worried, but I noticed around midway through, he started passing guys. He started working his way through the field. They, I think, used some pitch strategy to get him stage points in stage one, but as a result, he lost all this track position. Eventually, he was able to get most of that track position back to where he could be in position to make a run at it in those late race restarts. It was hard to pass. So what William Byron did in the second half of that race was impressive. Um, is he a lock to make the championship for? No, but he is certainly, I mean, at this point, he probably is the favorite. I still think Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin are consistently the two fastest cars on the racetrack. I think they have been each of the first four playoff races, but with the number of playoff points Byron has accumulated, he'll be at Phoenix barring any massive setback. I'm going to say this with Byron. I, I've noticed something on social media this week and I, I don't like, and I know I shouldn't read too much into it, um, but there's like a mini, I wouldn't say it's the uh, the dominant narrative by any mean, but there is a narrative that people are growing saying that he is the next Alex Bowman that's lucking into wins. And I said this in a, like not that, but I, I, I talked about this in a way uh, for why before the season, I thought he wasn't going to be a championship favorite because I, or even in the playoffs, because a lot of times he would not even be in the position to capitalize on somebody else's mistake. Uh, they were not the best team out there. They weren't even the second best out there, but they threw either strategy, good restarts, whatever, as a team, put themselves in position to win. And in this system, that is a, a huge, huge plus in your corner to win a championship. We saw it multiple times in final races at Homestead and Phoenix. If you put yourself in position, you can go out there and win it, even if you don't have the best car. I mean, everyone talks about Kyle Larson's season in 2021, about how it was like the greatest season ever. Uh, before the last caution, I believe it was Martin Truex Jr. who mm -hmm. was in position to win that championship. Yep. And it was yeah. team and driver who put themselves uh, throughout the day in a position to capitalize if the 19 team had made a mistake. The same thing here. I just I want that to be cleared away from Byron because it just because somebody didn't dominate all day does not mean that they are not a deserving winner or that they're not a good team or that they lucked it. You can't luck into six wins. Yeah, I'm, I was about I'm, to a, say. I'm a Dale Jr. fan. Like if you could luck into six wins, I would have seen him win six times in the first like eight years I watched. Yeah. Now lucking into one, I get it, and you know two maybe, but six. Come on, yeah, come on, guys, y'all are better than that. You know, give the guys props. He's finally arrived this year. You know, we had you know when he came into the Cup Series in 2018 for the 24, you're like, oh, here we go. Like you know, this is like you know the next man up, I guess. And you know, little did we know before that season started that they were you know gonna be you know suffering for a little while there. But hey, he you know he learned the hard way sometimes, and now he's a championship contender. You know, I could definitely see him in the round of four for sure. If I were like, obviously nobody's locked in, nobody's guaranteed right now. Well, they're not, you know, he's guaranteed to go to the round of eight, but if, you know, I, I feel like he's as close to guaranteed as you can get without being guaranteed. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> That's Yeah. Yeah. He's certainly the favorite right now. Definitely. Yeah. But um, the guy who was the favorite in this race for a lot of it, Bubba Wallace, y'all. 
Oh my gosh. Jared had mentioned this. He didn't, he, I mean, before this race, his track record at Texas really spoke for itself. I mean, he just wasn't really a contender. I don't even think he had a top 10, maybe one top 15 finish, you know, out of the blue. He wins the freaking pole and then goes on to lead a lot of laps and was there at the very end. He was battling for the lead there, um, but then ended up finishing third. So still got a top five finish, you know, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, those late race restarts, you know, sometimes, hey, you know, sometimes stuff happens. And uh, he even said after the race, he wished he uh, would have done something different, of course, um, you know, maybe pinched Byron a little bit, I, I guess, or maybe I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he would have done something a lot different than that. Uh, so Jared, uh, you know, I had said that I thought both 2311 cars would make the round of eight. Um, would you put stock into that at the moment? Uh, I mean, it's more likely, I think, than it was last week, but it's still with Talladega up ahead with Bubba. As much as I think he won't struggle as much at the Roval, still going to a road course, not a done deal by any means. Uh, but I'll put more stock into it. I'll bite a little bit. Uh, I still... I, I don't know if a couple good weeks, and granted, Bubba Wallace has been good, and has been one of the best, I'd say, in the Cup Series in the last six to eight weeks, give or take, especially just speed-wise alone. Um, but I'm just, I don't know yet if I'm able to bite that if he doesn't win Talladega, he can go to the Roval and, and beat, like, what, Kyle Larson and and Blaney, who, who, Blaney who's someone who you could argue locks into a few more wins, too. Um there's a lot of good drivers he still has to beat, but I do think that at least Sunday, especially at a track he doesn't run well with, I think that proved he deserves to be there. Like it's it's not like you know that 16th seed that just kind of lucked out by everyone else's bad luck. Like he ha he has the speed, the car, the team is there, and even when he screws up, he's not he's not becoming a head case with it. He's you know yeah he blamed himself a bit, but. It doesn't seem like him and that team yet in any way have folded under pressure. I, I'd say that. Yeah, I, and what you said about pressure there, I mean, th that's part of why I was a little surprised by Bubba, you know, saying, oh, I choked. He was really down on himself afterwards. It's because right now I feel like there should be the least amount of pressure on him as there's been almost all season. Like the goal this season for that team was make the playoffs. Like for Bubba specifically, make the playoffs. Win a race, sure, that'd be great, but make the playoffs. Once he made the playoffs, there's pressure to prove he belongs. Got through the round of 16 into the round of 12. At this point, no 16 seed has ever made it uh, past the round of 12, I believe, in the history of uh, playoff point, the playoff point era. So if he goes any further than this, that's just gravy. That's just the cherry on top. So I feel like Bubba, he's used to having pressure on him, but now with pressure off, maybe he can let loose and really uh, excel. I was blown away with what I saw at Texas on Sunday. The fact that he was a top three car, top five car all day was there at the beginning <clears throat> and then was there at the end. Um, that's really impressive. And uh, I don't know if he'll get past this round. I think he has a great shot to collect some points at Talladega, the Roval. He was top 10 there last year, so I won't rule it out. He could make it through the round of eight. Let's, let's not rule something out. Let's, let's not, let's not go. I'm not going to go too crazy here, but let's just say for the sake of argument, he does make the round of eight, two mile and a halfs. In that, in that round, four of Bubba Wallace's five top five finishes this year have come at mile and a half, including Las Vegas, which is in that next round. If Bubba makes it through this round, he'll be at a huge playoff point deficit, but he's going to two of his three best tracks, I believe, with uh, Vegas and, and potentially and, Miami, depending on how they run. And what kind of better, I'll even go off this too, what kind of better redemption too if he were to win or vault himself up 
with Las Vegas. If he doesn't do that, you got Homestead where he didn't race there last year. But if you remember, the 23 car was up front until I believe it was John Hunter Nemechek, I think, that was in that car, uh, spun it. I don't think I see Bubba Wallace spinning that car. I'm just, I, No offense to, to John Hunter. I think that Bubba in that car is better. Uh, so at Martinsville, I mean, we saw Briscoe last year. Anything can happen. Anyone can be in that as long as you stay on the lead lap. And you just get track Bubba's position. one at Martinsville twice in trucks, yeah. right? So, well, yeah. And if you get to, if you just stay on the lead lap and get track position, I mean, you could probably yeah. stay out on fifty lap tires and it take twenty laps to pass him, and that's anyone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I I I will say going back to the Texas part though, keeping it in the in the here and now, uh, I I that was the most impressive I think driving he's ever done for for a race win, especially against Kyle Larson, pinning him down, not giving an inch. I, I don't think you see that out of him last year. Like that is yeah. a, we talk about driver development, it's the same thing in the in the cup series. He that that is a different driver than twenty twenty two Bubble Wallace. He's a different driver than than spring to Bubble Wallace this year, man. Like way different. It's it's completely night and day here. I mean, yeah, you know, he's still gonna get emotional and stuff. Like he wants to win, you know, like what you know, what driver doesn't want to win? And 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 to your earlier point, Eric, I do agree with you that yeah, pretty much everything after, you know, um you can even make the case everything after making the playoffs was, you know, just the cherry on top, I guess, you know. So, you know, for him to make it from the round of 16 was one thing, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, Talladega's next, the Roval. I mean, like, he's been running a little bit better on the road courses. There is a possibility here. I think there's a strong possibility. But the chat doesn't agree, though. When uh, when I asked, does Bubba, uh, does Bubba make the round of eight? 56% say no so far. Well, interesting, interesting. But but I'll ask, before Texas, and especially before the playoffs, is that yes number in the 40s? No, it's not. Like, no way. I no think way. it'd be in the 20s. Good point. So, yeah. you know, just because it's not the majority that think it, it, it's still changing minds at this point. Which it's a lot more. Yeah. I think that's all, you, that, that's all you can ask for at this point. Like, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't think he's going to make the round of eight. I don't. I think it's a nice story, but we've seen so many times nice stories don't tend to pan out just because luck of the draw, you know, re- regression to the mean, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, I'd say it's more likely than Chase Briscoe last year. <laughs> and yeah. then, and, and the major difference compared to Briscoe, I mean, Briscoe, I felt like, yeah, he had like the occasional good runs, but it, it sort of felt like for the most part, he just lucked in because of other people's mistakes. Like with Bubba, I don't think you can make that argument, you know, like may, maybe to some extent the round of 16, but I mean, now to open up, you know, with this is like, Hey, you know, it's, There's a you know, he has all the momentum. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's a statement. I, yeah. I don't think he'll make it out though. Unfortunately, only because you look at who he needs to pass. Kyle Larson is the guy on the cut line right now. I don't think yeah. he's going to beat and Kyle we'll Larson. We'll get to him. We'll get to Although him. Although Talladega has not been kind to him. And then Bubba has to stay ahead of Reddick, Blaney, and Kyle Bush. Any one of those three. Mm-hmm. I, I'd argue those are the three favorites to win Talladega this weekend. So it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough road ahead. But no, Texas was a, an extremely bright spot for Bubba. Yeah, and it was also extremely chaotic for playoff drivers. Uh, let's go. Let's go down the list. I'll try and keep it in order. Um, Kyle Busch, what was that? 
What, what what happened there, man? I mean, earlier, I mean, before the playoffs started, he had that spin at, at Michigan. And then he was like, I just don't know what to do anymore. And I'm like, that's so unlike, I, I, and you know, I, I know I sound like a broken record every time I bring that up, but it's just hilarious because it's so out of character for him because he's usually not like that, whether it's on social media or, you know, doing the interviews and stuff, you know, I, I've never felt, you know, him that down, you know, but I feel like this is the, the what happened last weekend. Uh, um, it certainly rivals that. Because, you know, not only did he spin out DNF and he was extremely disappointed, but in Bob Pockers' interview, he said that he wasn't confident for Dega, I guess. Like, because, you know, it's a hard luck track and, you know, we we you know, know his history there. Like, sure, he won in the spring, but it was mostly because, you know, the, the, uh, of the big one right there. But you still got to, you know, position yourself in certain situations. Um, so I'll start with you, Eric. I mean, like, should we, should we be worried about Kyle Bush here? Or is this yeah, just yeah. a one-week thing? I had Kyle Busch getting eliminated this round because this team has been so inconsistent the second half of this season. He got those three wins right away, and he looked great. At times, looked like a championship favorite. That Gateway performance, especially, everyone was talking about how Gateway is similar to Phoenix. That had me really excited. Wow, Kyle Busch, the revenge tour is legit. Um, And then they've just been so up and down since then. They can't get out of their own way. I don't know exactly what happened at Texas. Kyle thought he had a flat tire guess he didn't have a flat tire, but maybe there's something else wrong with that car broke loose and spun out and wrecked. Um, you just can't have that happen when you don't have, you know, true X or Byron amount of playoff points, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, Talladega historically has not been kind to Bush. He did win there in the spring. The Roval could go either way. He's uh, had a couple of really good runs at road courses this season. So he's not out of it. Um, nobody right at this point is in a must win situation, I believe, but we'll know for sure after Talladega uh, either way. I just, I just didn't trust this team. I hate inconsistency. And that eight has been about as inconsistent as it gets the past few months. Uh, there's a reason I had him out like from the get go at this point. Um, I, I know people thought I was crazy last week for it and I, I get it. Um, and I get why people might think anyone would be crazy for having him out, but it, it's the same thing. It, inconsistency and big part, I think of, of any driver is confidence. And it's clear as day that the confidence in that team, the, the honeymoon phase is over. That That's the best way I can put it. The honeymoon phase that's between point. Yeah. Childress and, and Kyle Busch is over. And yeah, he, he might just tear it up at Phoenix, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't do well at the nine before it. Can I, can I bring up a fun fact real quick? And it's not a very fun fact. I just need to Go confirm. Ahead. Um, Kyle, but you talk about the honeymoon phase being over with RCR. Uh, two of the top three or should I say two of the bottom three in terms of most DNFs this year in the cup series are Austin Dillon leading the way with nine and then Kyle Bush is third with six. So uh, yeah, the honeymoon phase for RCR has died quickly. That team, again, very inconsistent, cannot get out of their own way this year. Yeah. Cause when was the last time he won gateway, right? Or I think gateway. Yeah. That was like, it was in wow. June. Yeah, that, that, wow. That felt forever ago. Yeah, man. seriously. Yeah, and we were at that race, me and Jared, covering it. And yeah, this feels like forever ended. ago. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, no, so you two had him knocked out the round of 12. But uh, the chat thinks you're crazy because they're saying 65% are saying yes. Or or, or, or no, never mind. Uh, they agree with you. Sorry, 65% are saying yes. He should be knocked yeah. out. He will get knocked out the round of 12. Sorry. <laughs> I'll tell on myself a little bit. I originally, a few weeks ago, had Kyle Busch go into the round of eight. But then a couple of weeks ago, I, I pivoted and said, hey, if I have right. to edit now, if I'm, if I'm allowed to make modifications, I yeah. just, I, 
after that first round, I was no longer a believer. You got to. I mean, you got to. I mean, yeah, you're both right. I mean, the honeymoon phase is certainly over. Um, not to say that, oh, they're they're falling or like they're tanking and stuff, you know, but like, no, I mean, they're just he's not running it like I expected, you know, compared to the first half of the season. Yeah, I mean, I remember after uh, Fontana, some of us were like, whoa, like this is like, what can he do here? But then it sort of, you know, teetered off. I mean, I had him before the season winning six races and that, you know, maybe it goes on a tear like he did at the start of the season at the end. I don't see it happening, though, at this no. point. He might get one more, but yeah, I mean. I think Vegas might be the only place that I am confident in saying I think Kyle Bush could go out there and win. And even then, like there's the Hendrick guys you gotta beat. There's Byron mm-hmm. especially, you gotta beat Kyle Larson. Um because I I don't think he's gonna get, you know, right hooked into the wall by Bubba Wallace this year. So I I I bit into the hype. I think I think me and Eric both thought that he was gonna be really, really good this year. And at the, at first we were I think pretty vindicated in it i've yeah i felt so good back in like may june i'm like holy crap i i picked four wins for bush this year and i thought i'd lowballed it all of a sudden but now i'm now 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 i'm just hoping he gets to that mark just so i feel (laughs) a little better about my preseason pick yeah we'll see uh uh, kfb fans keep the faith you know you still got time but uh hopefully he gets his confidence back though all it takes is one race just one race win one awesome run you know, get a lot of points, get that confidence back. That's all it takes. Um, now for Blaney, though, you know, the saga continues. Team Penske's been way off compared to, to past years. And Blaney, again, it's like, I, I would like to say I'm shocked, but I'm not really shocked. You know, whether it's the pit crew, whether it's him, whether it's a mechanical failure, something always happens. Right, Jared? Yes, I, I will say I am shocked how just how bad they were. And yes, I get it was a track position race at Texas. Uh, but Penske overall was just mm-hmm. atrocious for their standards there. Uh, Logano was mediocre. Blaney got up there with pitch strategy. Austin Sindrick, and yes, Austin Sindrick has had a horrible sophomore slump. Uh, there were times during this race where off of speed alone, he was being outrun by Spire, Rick Ware, and Livefast. And was to do that in a Penske car, uh, that that's a that's atrocious is the best way I can put it. I mean, it's that that should not happen. Yeah, very. Yeah, no. Blaney did get that track position and hung around the top five for pro- longer than he probably should have. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and said he had maybe a twelfth place car. Let's say that. Um, that's still not good enough. Certainly not to overcome a points hole like he's in now. So uh, it all comes down to Talladega this weekend. I, I don't want to say he needs to win Talladega but he needs to win a stage. He needs to get a lot of stage points, avoid the wreck. He's been good at plate racing in the past. Like there is, this is the one track on the schedule where Penske is not at a disadvantage. It appears. So he needs to take advantage of it. Yeah. Full advantage indeed. Now the final incident we're talking about, again, this involves, you know, two playoff drivers who, you know, have a bit of a history to say the least Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace, man, when these two, I don't know, whenever these two are racing side by side, Something something happens, right? You know what I mean? Like we had Vegas last year, um, you know, that whole controversy. And now this year, it was just a pure racing incident. No retaliation, nothing like that. Um, you know, Bubba just, you know, was racing Larson hard there. And hey, Larson lost it there. I don't think Bubba made any sort of contact. You know, it's just good hard racing. Um, and yeah, that's just the way it is. But Larson, again, you know, it's like either checkers or wreckers this year. And uh, Eric, uh, I mean, like... You know, I know it's been checkers or wreckers, but I don't know. I still feel confident that Larson will still advance to the round of eight based off, even though, you know, despite his history in the round of 12, are you feeling the same? Or are you like, nope, the round of 12 curse continues? 
I'm 50-50. His history in this round does not speak for him too well. Um, but I think that car has been the second fastest, if not the fastest car in every race of these playoffs. So that part, I do have some confidence. There's a lot here. Um, the checkers are wreckers narrative. I thought Larson had left that behind in the first half of the season. He had five DNFs the first, I think, 14 races. He'd had one since uh, until this one at Texas. So they'd kind of, they'd figured out how to finish these races one way or another until Texas. And as for what happened on that last restart, credit to NBC. I don't remember who it was in the broadcast booth, but right before the restart, they made a comment um, that uh, that Bubba Wallace had been really good on restarts today. And I was like, oh, okay, but nobody's been able to beat Larson. How good of a jump could he really get? Bubba got an incredible jump. Mm -hmm. I'd have to watch it again to make sure he didn't get too good of a jump, if you know what I mean. Um, but then where this race was honestly decided, or at least Larson's fate, I think, was decided, was in three and four when Bubba Wallace went in on his door and got that car to stick. And not only stick, he actually inched ahead, nosed ahead, exiting turn four. Like Bubba, courage, bravery to make that move, the car's ability to hold that line, that's where the race was decided. That's when all of a sudden Bubba was in, I think, the preferred position. And Larson was in a tough spot. Do you back out early, risk losing the position, and then having to pass him cleanly under green? Or do you try to drive in a little deeper? He tried to arc it a little bit more, you could tell, to get a better angle. Go for it there and risk wrecking. He took the riskier route because he's Kyle Larson and he has the best car control in the business. Got a little too greedy and wrecked, unfortunately. And it just, it stinks for Larson though, because he had a fantastic race going. He had a six second lead wiped out by that. One of those final cautions um, to see it all go up in smoke though, man, you would have liked to salvage at least second place points. If worse comes to worse. Well, and I, I, I will say, you know, going off of Darian, your, your initial question at first, like, I guess full racing deal, but that's the thing. This is what I love about, I think both of those guys is take playoffs out of it. Say this is Texas in the spring. I think they both do the same thing. And I don't like seeing race cars get junked up, but as a fan, I love seeing racers put it to the absolute limit. And I feel like because of the way that, that, you know, the cars have been nerfed down at times or the tracks have been changed up that sometimes that, that ability gets taken away because of air because of track or whatever. Um, love or hate Texas, love or hate playoffs, love or hate Kyle Larson, Bubba Wallace. Uh, as a fan, if if you cannot put any of that aside and just say that was badass, you know, I get if you're a Larson fan, you're pissed. Like, that's fine. I'd I'd be upset too. Uh, but I thought it was amazing and just it was it was fun. Like those moments are just fun. You live for those moments. And I just I want people to to think of that too with it, not just be upset because of the moment itself. Uh, Kyle Larson, I'll say I don't know what the the poll results. I think it was um most sixty five, sixty five yeah. saying no. Yeah. So I don't think he gets knocked out either. He's still my championship pick because that's that's the thing about Kyle Larson. He is the only driver. Doesn't matter the car, Gen six with high, low, in the middle horsepower, next gen. He's the only driver who I could see going into the Roval 50 points down. And I'm like, yeah, that's tough. But man, I still think I got him on this one. Like I, that that's, I got him on this. I think Kyle Larson's going to make it through. Uh, if he just has a, a mediocre day with some good stage points after Talladega, I, th I think as long as nothing goes majorly wrong at the Roval, like a mechanical issue, I think he'd be a shoe in. Yeah. And to Eric's earlier point, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah. That whole narrative, I guess, you know, based on the stats did die down. But 
It's the round of 12. And I don't know. Could he pick it back up again? It's oh, back. We'll <sighs> see. Hey, hey, we'll see. We'll see. But anyways, um, oh, we have, oh yeah, one final incident to discuss. Hamlin versus Gibbs. Now, Eric, I'm going to start with you because you were very animated about this on Twitter. Like, like explain what happened here. Like, there's oh, obviously well, some incident. I don't know if I tweeted much about this, but I, I love the theory some fans pushed that, oh, it was on purpose because, <laughs> you know, back in the day, teams tried to flare out the side skirts on that side of the car. And then when that got banned, you had pit crew members body slamming the doors. Hey, that's been taken away too. So now how about a little just... I'm just going to sacrifice my car for the sake of uh, an arrow advantage for our playoff driver. I don't know. It's obviously a, a conspiracy, but it's funny to think about because it's almost how it looked. Cause Denny still ran top five, even with yeah. all that damage. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know what Ty Gibbs is doing there. It was just either he is crew chief spotter asleep at the switch. Now Hamlin's crew chief is supposed to call, I believe is supposed to be the one to call Hamlin uh, exiting. And, you know, they should have had an eye on what Gibbs was doing. And sure. It's weird for him to be three lanes off the grass, but they should have been able to call that and say, Hey, pause this dude's being silly or, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't, in that moment, I know they go one lane, one lane, all the way to the grass, all the way to the grass. I don't know what they say when there's a guy in your lane, do you say zero lanes? Like, what do you do? I don't know what the mm-hmm. correct call is there. Um, but yeah, I don't know what Ty Gibbs is doing. I don't know. I don't know what there's. I'm glad it didn't really derail Hamlin's race too bad. Cause that would have really sucked to be taken out by something silly like that. I'll, I'll, I won't say this is a defense for Ty, but more maybe this was why. Maybe he was looking at his tack. I mean, we've heard a couple drivers this year say that, especially since the digital dash, they become much more reliant on on every little bit of morsel of information extra they can get. Uh, but that is definitely a rookie mistake too. I mean, yes, Hamlin probably should have been called not to go out there or whatnot. I'm not taking that blame off him. Uh, but it was clear as day, like, oh, he's coming, he's coming out. He, you can move, and then it's like last possible second, you see that fifty-four jerk to the right, and it's like that. That just might be a rookie deal, I, I think. As much as it sucks to say that, and it and the, the part that you know, I, I will say against the fan rumors on it is, I don't think Ty Gibbs is gonna break the car and end his day for Denny's possible yeah. arrow advantage yeah certainly not <laughs> and and speaking of that team um you know they they had a fire lit under them uh christopher bell's old crew because when you check the uh the stats between bell's crew on the 54 and then gibbs crew on the 20 it is like night and day now now all of a sudden they're the better crew you know what i mean so that's funny. real quick i i want to because i know we keep talking about the playoff guys i did see the super chat for two from jam plays games and i did want to shout it out if it's okay uh, shout out to BJ McLeod for racing in what ended up being over a hundred degree weather the whole day with a broken cool suit on lap eight. Yeah. Oof, That's pretty impressive. Nice. Yeah. 102 degrees, by the way. Yes. Yeah, so it was obviously way hotter in the car for sure. Ooh. Yeah. And, that was and the broadcast crazy. gave Stenhouse some love for racing with no cool suit. Now he didn't, it wasn't a disadvantage. Like it probably was for BJ, but still mm. I thought that was just hardcore when Sten, when they're talking about Stenhouse. Yeah. He's going to rely on his, training and fitness to get through this i'm like god damn you're right that's that's freaking patriotic <laughs> right there <laughs> i'm imagining like a hulk hogan in that hot car there brother brother <laughs> that's what i'm talking about there's the wwe reference <laughs> i almost said wd-40 for some wd uh, that'd be hank hill greatest scene in 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 um king of the hill ever can't open the door Tries to open his his uh, WD forty. Can't open the WD forty. Gets a smaller one. Sprays that <laughs> to open it, and then spray the door. 
Sorry. <laughs> Every time it comes to my mind, I have to talk about it. It's like no, that's classic. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Certainly a hot day, too. But uh, one team uh, that's currently hot at the moment, out of nowhere, Eric Jones and Legacy Motor Club, man. Eric Jones, man, he was running in the top five there straight up. And he was like P2, P3, you know what I mean? And then Carson Hosevar continuing to do his thing, which, by the way, the team loves him now. And so do the fans. They love racing. They love him racing for Legacy Motor Club at the moment. Uh, they just dropped merch today, Hosevar. I've never seen a part-time driver with her team never get their own merch line so that's certainly new that says a lot yeah. he really i didn't see yeah, that. yeah no no he tweeted it out yeah so that says a lot right there but man they are on a roll and i gotta say before i get to one of y'all like this team is making me excited for next year they're going they're heading into the off season with a ton of momentum yes we still have some races to go but i didn't expect him to be running this good late in the season with with basically no factory support from chevy uh, since May, since basically the uh, since the Toyota announcement. So, you know, maybe I might just be, you know, like, you know, rushing it here and stuff. I can definitely see one of them in the playoffs, um, you know, off of just some fluke win or something. But for the most part, though, I think they'll run a lot better than they have this year. Um, do you all agree? Disagree? Yeah, I think so. I think they'll run in the. It's still going to be a time probably with the new manufacturer. But this is what I expected. Like, this is what I expected from last year going into this year when I picked Eric Jones to make the playoffs. Exactly. Me too. Exactly. <laughs> These are yeah. the flashes I saw. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of pissed. Cause I'm like, man, maybe look like an idiot. And now all of a sudden it's like, no one's going to remember when I say it. That, oh yeah. Like there was a reason I picked this schmuck to make it this year. Cause that's what he's been this year for most of the season. He's been a yep. nobody. The 42 car has basically been a caution clock. And now all of a sudden they're running top 10, top five, top 15. Yeah. I, I, I love to see it. Like, cause I like both those drivers. So I, I like to see it, but I it like 10 weeks earlier. Yeah. Like yeah. the emotions of that team though, man, just like it. I mean, you talk about a roller coaster just with what's happened, you know, personally and, you know, just professionally and stuff, the performance, I mean, that team, like you talk about a team being on a roller coaster. This is certainly one of the craziest rides any Cup Series team has had to go through, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but one final thing about the Texas race, though, great attendance. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a Texas Motor Speedway Cup race that packed. Like, it had to have been, you know, um, it was certainly the highest uh, uh, um, for any uh, Texas race in years. Like, wh what did y'all think? Like, what, 50K, maybe? six? Oh, I think it was higher than that. Higher than I, that? I think seven. Okay. I would go into the C I'd go close to 70 for that. I mean, there weren't anybody in the corners or like, well, then there were a few people. That's the thing. A couple of years ago, like last year I was there for the all-star race and uh, the center, like they, they didn't have the, anyone in the turns, but the center parts were all pretty full. And I think I saw estimates that there was around 60,000 people for that race. And I was like, Oh dang. Okay. That's, that's a real number. That's that's not bad. This time around that section may have been more full even, and then there were some people scattered about in the turns. So I think it was definitely 70,000 most in at least the last few years. I would even go back to like 20, like probably most in the post Dale Jr. era. I would put it that way. That's what I would guess. I can look through really quick, but I, I want to say it has to be at least 2015 was the last time. I mean, yeah, I'm going that back to, right. let's see. I'm going to some of the last few years of like the old TV deal. And it's, yeah, like around 2014 2015 yeah give or take about the same 2014 2015 this is probably the best crowd both infield grandstands all of it alike in almost a decade 
which is amazing that's, to say because that's awesome. Last year was not it was not very good, and then this yeah. year it probably it doubled last year. Yeah, say what you will about the track. I have never questioned, and I, and nobody here has ever questioned. You know the loyalty. You know the loyal fans out in the great state of Texas. You know what I mean. But and and hey, y'all proved it, man. I mean, like that was that was an awesome attendance uh, for that track. And uh, you know, hopefully y'all stay hydrated too. You know what I mean, especially when it's one o two outside. So hopefully yeah, the thing is, hydrated. everyone was you know harping on the heat. How do these people all come out here in a hundred degrees? A hundred degrees. I, I don't live in Texas right this second, but I was in Texas almost all summer. 100 degrees was a nice day <laughs> the <laughs> summer you, we had. Thank you. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's probably like Tennessee. Ooh. Yeah, same it was, it was a rough summer, uh, and it's still going in many ways for <laughs> great people in Texas. Oh, man. But, yeah, no, no. So that was the Texas Cup race. Uh, a lot more entertaining, a lot more exciting than I think fans would uh, were expecting. But, but yeah, you know, so we had a wild card race last year. Was this considered a wild card race again? Oh, yes. oh yeah. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure. All right, so two wild card races in a row. Yeah, and um, but the, the, for next year, if the rumors are true, uh, this track won't be in the playoffs. So we'll get the uh, wild card race a lot sooner in the year if the rumors are true. But anyways, now that that race is in the books, the playoff standings have changed quite a bit uh, since William Byron. I mean, he's he's good to go uh, to the round of eight. He's already locked himself in. Uh, in in P two, Denny Hamlin at uh, plus thirty seven above the cut line. P three is Chris is Chris Busher. Plus 22. Christopher Bell's P4, plus 20. Martin Trix Jr., fifth, plus 19. Ross Chastain, sixth, plus 12. Uh, Brad Kozlowski, seventh, plus eight. And finally, rounding out the top eight, Kyle Larson, only plus two. Now, uh, on the outside looking in, Bubba Wallace, only minus two. Tyler Reddick, his teammate, minus three. Ryan Blaney, minus 11. And finally, Kyle Busch, minus 17. So, very interesting in terms of the playoff standings. And yeah, you know, like now that I've seen the standings again, I can see why Kyle Bush was definitely PO'd there. Like why he was a little bummed there, you know, to say the least. Cause look, now it's minus 17. You know, you're going to Talladega, you know, basically a wild card track. You know, you don't know what's gonna happen. So yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a you know long two weeks to try and advance to the uh to the round of eight. But um Fellas, out of the top eight, um, I mean, you know, obviously besides the winner, who did you think uh, impressed the most? Eric, I'll start with you. Um, who impressed the most out of those guys? I mean, Ross Chastain and Christopher Bell, the fact that they both rallied to finish inside the top five, when I'm not mm-hmm. sure either of them had top five cars. I mean, Chastain uh, had a throttle sensor issue, yep. I think, that was coming and going. And really so. quick, and speaking of Christopher Bell, I see uh, David Bell in the chat yeah. becoming an official BFM channel membership member. What's going on? He was a member before, but sometimes, you know, like, I think he was gifted one. That's what it was. Yeah, and when you don't renew it, that's what happened. But thank you for joining again. Really appreciate it. We were just talking about your boy there. Top five. I'm happy for I'm happy Chastain and Bell uh, got good finishes, but I, you know, I say it tongue-in-cheek because a couple weeks ago I had those two out this round. I, I didn't really like what I saw in the first round bell has now put two races together in a row. So maybe, you know, one is could, could be a, a coincidence two in a row. You're starting to think something's cooking there. So, um, no, I, I was impressed by both of them. Yeah. I'd say Chastain's the one who impressed me the most, the one who surprised me the most. Cause I, I was thinking, man, maybe it's, maybe it's just a little jitters the first round. Maybe it's just some bad luck. The one who surprised me in a bad way the most is Martin Truex Jr. I mean, that was just pure mediocrity out there. He has still only scored two stage points in the playoffs thus far. And I think that'll probably change at Talladega. 
pretty good at winning stages on the super speedways, but I don't know, man, there's something up with that 19 team like and Truex. Like they are, I don't know if it's just not head in the game or if it's just the teams, you know, ran out of steam. I don't know what it is, but they do not look like even honestly a team that should make it to the round of eight at this point. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. look like a team who is running how we thought the 23 would run, how we thought that Kyle Busch would run, how Kyle Larson might run with the inconsistency that that team right now just does not in any way look like a favorite. Okay. It's just, I, it's frustrating because okay. both bell and Hamlin have had top five cars the past few races. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then where's what's going on with Truex? How can they not figure it out? Yeah. yeah. So, so I feel like the obvious ones to pick y'all just mentioned Chastain bell, um, you know, I'm going to go with a bit of an outsider and he didn't even finish in the top 10. I'm going to go with Chris Buescher because, you know, after the 14th place finish and some stage points, he did gain, you know, he's now plus 22 uh, uh, above the cut line. And I think it says a lot about a team where it's like, OK, we don't have a race winning car. We might not have a car that finishes inside the top 10. Let's just, you know, get get whatever we can get. And you know what? A 14th place finish. When, you know, in a race where, you know, he would be, he would, you know, come and go and stuff. And, you know, you didn't really lose a whole lot of points. So I would say that's a pretty respectable run for him. And Busher did collect the most stage points, I think, of any playoff driver. So they there did play the, the mid straight stages. Exactly. Well. So that helped. That helped out. Yeah. Maybe they knew like, hey, look, we, you know, this car might not finish top 10. Let's just go for the stage points early and go from there. So, so yeah, yep, stage points do matter. They matter for a reason. Uh, but yeah, so that's the playoff order. We'll see what happens after Talladega. But uh, the TV ratings, uh, very interesting. A lot more positive compared to a week ago. Jarrett, give us a rundown, please. Uh, Texas got a 1.16 rating and 2 million flat viewers, uh, which I'll be honest, even last week, I would have thought that that was pushing it. I thought they probably would get 1.8 or 1.9 if it pushed the, the good luck meter. Uh, but up 4.5% in ratings from last year and 5% in viewership. There is one negative 14% in the key demo. Mm. It has to be a season low, right? Oh yeah. yeah that's, that's, that sounds like it. That is a multi-season low. Uh, yeah, so that's not good. Insane. I have a feeling maybe a little uh, having to do with it might've been at the end of the race, not given uh, excuses, but maybe a, a certain pop singer uh, <laughs> being at an NFL game. Hey. I would say not an NFL game, a complete murdering of bears. Hey, by the way, Jared, Ray, hey, let the chat know. You let them know, like, like you had mentioned that. And what did the chat say? What did they say? I got laughed out of the building after the clash when I said that they should have Taylor Swift do the music for if they want a ratings increase. I got laughed out, but mm. Uh, mm. go go look at those NFL merch sales for uh, Kelsey jerseys yeah. for women <laughs> and tell me uh, how, how funny it would be. I don't know that NASCAR can afford Taylor Swift these days. That's <laughs> the truth. I will be honest. I think that whole uh, Kelsey thing is just a, a publicity stunt. Like, I, I feel like if NASCAR wanted, they could be like, hey, you want to like just act like Chase Elliott's girlfriend for six months? I'll like, write what's a breakup song for you. But like, what's in it for her? Like, yeah. uh, like probably probably merch kickback sales from the Chiefs. I mean, th- th- no, they had like twenty five million people watching that game. I know, but she has ever ratings for women and girls. Like. I, I'm sorry. Like that is that is the last frontier for the NFL to break into, and I'm just saying, like NASCAR just needs to just scratch the surface of yeah, that. Can we can we get something, please? Can one so, of you drivers date one of these pop stars, please? <laughs> but but yeah, no, I 
I, I totally was crazy when I said that, but I, I'm vindicated now by yeah, a bunch of make stuff sure. I couldn't care less about. I'll be completely honest <laughs> with you. Um, Lu- but- Luka Doncic was at the Texas race. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah because because the reason for yeah. that, uh, Tyler Reddick was wearing, uh, or no, wasn't wearing, well, he was wearing his jersey and shoes, but he had the paint scheme of his shoe. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it was pretty cool. Uh, but looking back at the Texas ratings, uh it was the highest watched cable Texas race since 2019. Uh, little asterisk with that, but still not not terrible. Up 28 percent from last week's Bristol Night race, and the first improvement in viewership year over year, as well as race over race that did not have any rain affecting either year or either race since Summer Richmond. So uh, it's a a little earlier than last year, but I believe last year the first five races were like just maybe six were awful in ratings. And then there was a bit of an upswing. Hopefully, hopefully uh, that upswing is starting a bit earlier this year, but low momentum heading into Talladega is never a bad thing. All right. So, yeah, so that is one part of the ratings and now it's time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jared, how were the poll results for this race? Oh, you got them. You can let me know. Oh, well, see, we switch off. See, sometimes you'll read them. Sometimes I don't. I don't know. We we, we got to organize that better. But anyways, 10%. 10%. Oh, it is written. There we go. See, sometimes, sometimes it isn't. I don't know. 10% thought it was a great race. 60% thought it was good for a net positivity rating of 60%. So for a Texas race, I'd say that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. 27% though thought it was average. 8% thought it was below average, 5% bad with a capital B, uh, and adding up to a net, uh, to a net negative uh, positive or net negative percentage of 13%. Now, Jarrett, uh, you know, read some of the comments, but what was the first comment though? What was well, the first comment? I want to ask positive, negative, or meme from Isaac. Oh, Isaac. Oh, I'm going to say meme. Definitely for sure. Negative meme, if oh. that's allowed. I mean, we could probably start adding more of those, honestly. Uh, He says, this race was, really was, Eric's worst nightmare. A completely, utterly boring race that could have been only entertaining through chaos. And it's his home track, too. Oh, damn. That is kind of a negative meme. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you were spot on. (laughs) Uh, He's calling you out, man. Yeah. Um, Looking at the... The comments here, top comment voted at least on this end, is from uh, another Eric who says, For a Texas race, this vastly exceeded my expectations. Even though three of my five favorite drivers, including my absolute favorite, crashed out, I actually enjoyed the race. Only problem is that Kyle Busch is below the cut line. Uh, uh, Blue Jimmy says, I have several questions as to why Dave Ellens decided to pit Eric Jones late in the race when he was bound to give Legacy its best showing all season. That mm. first win for Jimmy's organization is coming. Don't sleep on them. And he is definitely cooking something up. Yeah, Might come this weekend. Maybe. I mean, they're pretty good there last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Silas says that Clint Boyer's claim that Byron would get six to eight wins actually seems more likely. It is very likely it happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could exceed it. He could exceed eight. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. Uh, MJS Ultimate says way, way better than last year, but being way better than last year is still average. 
Congrats to Byron. And two weeks in a row, we'll see history being made. Mm. Okay. Scroll a little further down. Not to the gutter just yet. We had over 300 <laughs> comments on this one, so good oh, job, wow. y'all. They wanted to get their voice heard. <laughs> Donnie says, Brisk Goat with a solid top 10. Yeah, uh, much needed top 10. Yeah. <laughs> Luffy2213 says, 300th win, and it came from my new favorite driver who has replaced my old, but hey, I like both of them. Gordon will always be my number one, though. I was about to say, I feel like a new favorite driver would replace the old. Bud, but, uh, Will England says, SMI better announce that reconfiguration soon. Ross Crash Dane says, and you say, and you all say Bowman backs into wins. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Brassmaster says, in all caps, serious playoff implications. Yeah. I, I can't do people. a Rick Allen. Uh, let's see. Another one saying, gotta love NBC straight up ignoring the runner-up. Uh, did they? No, I don't think. Uh, I didn't think they did. Uh, boogity, boogity, boogity says, a good Texas race? Didn't have that on my bingo card. Eh. <laughs> a lot of people didn't. Brooks in a Yoda way, decent race, I thought. Yeah. Uh, let's I go think. down to the gutter, though. Let's get the yes! three out of the my, way. My nope. favorite. Uh... Okay, I can read them. Uh, <laughs> Gib Salisbury says, poor Bubba, not. Of course. Not. <laughs> I mean, it's oh not the worst of her. Yeah. SKRE nah. Inc. says, still one of the worst tracks on the schedule, bar none. And Ballplayer1799 says, bulldoze the track. Yeah, so well, still, they, yeah. Yeah. still negativity. But hey, this time, like, I feel like a positive comment in the past would be pushed down for Texas. Uh, I mean, that positivity over 50% for Texas so far since we started this has actually been pretty hard to come by. So, yeah, good on you, Texas. Yeah, good job. Good job, Texas. And that'll conclude this edition of The Poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Now, we are closing in at the top of the hour, but before I get to the first Super Chat stage break, let's go over the Xfinity Series race for a moment here. Um Dang it. I should have went with John Hunter Nemechek again. He ended up winning. But my pick, Cole Custer, though, is looking like hey, he was looking good there for a moment there. But, but yeah, John Hunter Nemechek, another win. Um, Didn't I tell you? Yeah. One more week on that that hype train. Yeah, I'll probably eh, – I'll wait. No, I'm not going back on it. <laughs> I already sent you my pitch. But anyways, um, so, yeah, he gets the W. But Parker Kligerman with a solid second-place finish, though. So uh, shout-out to him there. Uh, need, Much-needed uh, playoff points for him. Um, yeah, and then uh, some major issues though for some more playoff guys: San Mayer, Daniel Hemrick. Uh, oh, is Jeb Burton? Jeb Burton's a playoff guy, right? Or no? Is he not? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's still in. He's, okay, he's still in. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, Jeb Burton, Josh Berry, um, all had major issues. They all had major issues again. So, um, so unfortunately, um, since I got back from that trip, I was sort of in and out, so I don't really remember much. But Eric, I'm pretty sure you watched this race. Was there any? Other points uh, other than what I just made that happened? or Oh, man, I should have written more down. Um, someone's going to remind us if there's something big that we missed. But yeah. John Harnimacek seemed to be the fastest car. Uh, I mean, you kind of touched, touched on it. Uh, Kligerman was impressive. I think now he's only one point behind Daniel Hemrick for the final playoff or transfer spot. Um, so that'll be interesting to, to look at because I just think Kligerman has been 
they have been punching well above their weight class the last few weeks in terms of just raw speed, just to even yeah. get in the playoffs in the first place. Um, uh, but you know, we, we also had the the scary pit road crash with Brennan Poole, where he and oh, that's I don't right. remember who it was. Was it Grala? Maybe who who was that? What was that? It was a, it was a Sam Hunt car got together. I think exiting yeah. turn four, and Brennan spun hit the inside wall. I talked to him yesterday. He's sore. He showed me a bruise on his arm, but he's fine. Mm. He's, he's okay. Um, but that's a scary crash. He wasn't going super quick at the time he hit that wall, but he it's still a a small concrete barrier car bounces and off of it pit lane too got people yeah. on the other side and people of that people were able to to scramble thankfully and nobody was injured yeah. um, other than that though the i mean it was got on tv I oh did. yeah that's right yeah so i did i didn't i did notice that um so i'll <laughs> i'll take it but i'm i hate it for brennan though because he, he did have a top 20 run going i think he was running i think 18th maybe at the time mm-hmm. which uh for jd motorsports this year it's not been good <laughs> they've struggled yeah. to find any consistent speed but um but they've had a you know, that this was one of their few really great runs and it's a shame it ended so badly. Yeah. But it's always important. Keep your head on a swivel at a racetrack at all times, you know, because yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest. Like last week, Bristol, I think was way better in Xfinity than cup. Uh, I go the other way. Cup was way better this week than Xfinity. I thought Xfinity was what we expect from Texas. Uh, it was not the worst race I've ever seen. It's not the worst race of the season NASCAR wise either, uh, but it was definitely not great. By any means, there weren't any moments that really stuck out to me except for like a little bit at the finish. Uh, but Kligerman, yeah, still, he's like the little engine that could. He just keeps going and going and going. I yeah. should mention Justin Allgaier. The chat's mentioning Justin Allgaier. I, I can't remember if he or Nemechek led the most laps. Uh, Allgaier did lead a lot. I thought Nemechek may have led the most laps, but I may be wrong about that. Allgaier was up towards the front late. I think he kind of got wide on a restart. I don't remember exactly what happened yeah. um, mm-hmm. and fell way back. But Allgaier deserves a shout out because he was one of the best cars as well. They just, because of that and because some issues got behind on the tire strategy too. And yeah. uh, he probably had the fastest car if, if maybe. not the second, maybe I, then, I, then I may be misremembering. Maybe he led the most laps over Nemechek. I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah it was just honestly like just both bad luck and then at that point when you're so far behind with that little amount of time on the tire strategy uh at that point it's pretty much over going for the win but still a solid a solid speed from jrm when they weren't choking or crashing or, or any of that yeah for sure this, i don't know if this is true the spotter stand in the yeah. chat said that all guy led 133 nemechek yeah. led 38 damn that was i was way off that's not even close then why did i think they were like about <laughs> even <laughs> well they definitely had like while it while the the laps led had a huge disparity, uh, there 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 was definitely a closeness in speed. I noticed at least, mm-hmm. but yeah. I can't really say much more other than that. It really to me, uh, and I know people got a little bit um, what would you call it, a little heated at me. I I couldn't get into this race. I just couldn't. Mm. And uh, Peter says in the chat, yeah, all guy ran out of tires and was screwed at the end with the uh, late yellows. So that's what yeah. that was too. So yeah, just didn't have the tires basically. And and yeah, so uh, the Xfinity race happened. Congrats to John Hunter Nemechek, currently the championship favorite. We have now officially arrived to the top of the hour. Uh, before we get to some other very spicy topics um, that are still Texas related, by the way, some of y'all know where I'm going with that. Uh, let's get into some super chats and I will start off with isaac thank you so much for the five dollar super chat even though it was a racing incident i really wish there um excuse me i really wish there were larson or i really wish there larson would stop 
uh, crashing around Bubba, particularly because of those fans he got from 2020. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see what you mean. I, I see mean, what you just mean, ignore them. They won't. Yeah, just like, at this point. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, block them and stuff. Um, Napa Racing Fan 927 with the five dollar super chat. Uh, Texas had terrible racing this weekend and bad news with losing the IndyCar date. That's right on the IndyCar front. What is next for Texas and what's the best solution to fix the track? I don't know. Just like reconfigure it back to its old thing. You know, we'll, we'll talk old. about that in a minute, I think. Uh, yeah. But what do we know why IndyCar? I didn't read. Why did IndyCar leave it? Is there a reason that IndyCar is not uh, going? It sounds was... like it's because NASCAR is moving it to April and they don't yeah. want to share weekends. Uh, I think it's it would be. Like that. I think it'd be like back to back to like that's, the IndyCar would. That's yeah. also why Milwaukee has two races on their schedule as a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Mm. There you go. And then Irvin Alvarado with the ten dollars super chat. Man, who would have thought? Um, who would have thought the hundred wins for K uh, KBM trucks I witnessed in person uh, in the Poconos was going to be the last KBM will um was going to be the last KBM will be missed. But I think. KFB reasoning uh, to sell makes sense. Three races left. Yeah, yeah, still a chance. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. You never know. You never know. Uh, um. Wait, hold on. NASCAR is on. Okay, there we go. I keep wanting to say NASCAR. Yeah. Or NASCAR. Oh, NASCAR. Oh, I messed up again. Okay, NASCAR. Okay, sorry, bro. Thank you so much for the five dollar super chat. Uh, says, hey, Darian and NWP, you coming to IndyCar in the Midwest for 2024? I'm excited for my state of Wisconsin uh, because um, because it's rare to have two tracks on the schedule. Yeah, hey, it depends. Maybe I, uh, you know, could be a be good the, excuse to go the up the draft, but oh, I'll see. I'll see. There's <laughs> probably a lot going on in life around yeah. there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then a few channel members. Uh, um, Jimmy uh, Spencer has been a channel member. He says, um hendrick has 300 reasons to be happy about the win yes they do and then and martin fan for life um spire is definitely spending the Gainbridge money oh yes and thank you for being a channel member for two months oh, yeah. isaac with the two hour super chat hotter take than y'all's cars two over talladega nights that's not really a hot take hey I maybe agree. Yeah, hey, I agree. Honestly, <laughs> I, agree. I don't like. Okay. I I really don't like. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't grown on me since man since I was a kid. I agree. And Need for Speed fifty three fifty three being a channel member for five months and sent a two dollars super chat. Let me read those both. Cold take: Ty Dillon will win at Talladega. Yeah, maybe we'll see. And then uh, he calls two- his own take a cold. Yeah, take. <laughs> I know. And then uh, second super chat for the two dollars. What's your favorite um Avenge set um. Wait, uh, Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, okay, Avenged Sevenfold song. Uh, mine's buried alive. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, God, I mean, there's like you. You can just go to the simple ones like Backcountry or Afterlife. But I mean, Chapter Four is always a special place in my heart. But I'll say this: uh, Avenged adjacent McFly by Pinkly Smooth. Mm, good one, Eric. I don't know. I don't. I couldn't name. I mentioned full song off the top of my head. Uh, I'll just. I'll say it for you. The the one from NASCAR Thunder 04, the chapter, chapter four. four. There you go. There you I've go. I've heard something. Let me look it up. I'll, you guys move yeah. go on. But yeah, I agree. Chapter four, four or Backcountry as well. Uh, Slay Supersonic with the six dollar and thirty cent super chat. Hello, Fantastic Four. Well, just the three, but thank you. Uh, hey, Iceberg. Remember, uh, remember the stat I told you on Sunday, twenty twenty three series uh, series records. Uh, 100 wins K KBM truck, 200 wins JGR Xfinity, 300 wins HMS Cup. Yep. Wow, 
That is a fact there. Thank you gonna, so much. I was going to mention, I saw the super chat. I'm like, yo, I'm just going to save that for this segment. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. I appreciate it. And then Tyler McGonagall, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. William Byron is the winningest driver in the next-gen era with eight wins. Next best is Kyle Larson with six. That's right. Wow. What a stat there, man. Yeah, six wins already this year. So. And then a rowdy eight underscore diecast uh, with the two dollar super chat, the last one in the first half. Uh, I'm just glad I got to visit KBM last year. RIP. Hey, hey, thank goodness you did, man. Thank goodness you did. Yeah, because yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, thank you all so much for the super chats. Appreciate it. That'll conclude the first super chat stage break of the evening. Now, before we get into the lightning round, uh, oh, oh, never mind. I saw the uh, we got a bit of an audible here, actually. Never mind. Never mind. Can hey, I say, um, I, I think my favorite Avenged Sevenfold song is Hail to the King. I do there know that go. song pretty well. There you go. See? I knew you'd find one. But yeah. So anyways, uh, we had some rain earlier today, but it got a bit sunny. But now it seems to be getting a bit. It's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jarrett, what do we have on the list this evening? <laughs> of course i got a coughing fit right in the middle of the lightning round about to come <laughs> up <laughs> um we got a little bit well first off spotify poll coming up on here um i asked before the weekend does texas deserve a playoff race to them 64 no 21 yes uh 15 said maybe waiting for the weekend ahead so uh AM Racing will have a second car in 2020, <laughs> 2024. My God. I don't know. what There's like dust in here or something, man. Uh, could have Taylor Deegan in it, according to Bob Pachris. Uh Rumors are there's a, we'll talk about this in a moment, that there is possibly two playoff style, uh, play, or plate style playoff races in 2024. Hmm. You know, Darian, I'm going to get a drink of water. Yeah, you, you let me read the rest. Me, and, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be right back. Okay, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I was about to ask. All right, so for the next one, three million uh, have been um, allotted uh, to Wilkes County to build a pedestrian bridge over U.S. Uh, four twenty one for the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Much needed, much needed. Is that much needed, Eric? You were there, so I would assume. I don't know what road four twenty one is. Okay. I feel okay. like I walked over a pedestrian bridge when I was there. Maybe it was. I guess it was like just a normal bridge that had a sidewalk. Was it a bridge? I walked over something. I don't know. All right. And then next up, uh, Brody uh, Kostecki. I think that's how you say his name. Brody Kostecki uh, is looking to run up to three races in 2024. Remember, he drove the races. I believe he drove the races. Was it for uh, Legacy Motor Club? He did RCR. He was in the RCR. RCR. Never mind. Okay. Indianapolis, I think. Yeah, that's right? right. And he qualified well, like P12. Yeah, P12 up there. So then I had to go to the back, unfortunately. Um, and then uh, Hendrick has added two more Xfinity races for the 17 Xfinity team with a very random duo, Borsed on the Charlotte Roval and Raja Karu in the Phoenix season finale. That is an awesome deal. Congrats to, congrats to Raja, man. Like, he deserves that opportunity. Hopefully he makes the most of it. Ryan Priest confirms he will be back with SHR in 2024 on Moody's, Dave Moody's show. And Mike Rockefeller driving uh, will be driving the 42 Legacy Motor Club car at the Charlotte Road. So, yeah. And 
that'll conclude this edition of the famous lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. And now back to the show. It's so oh weird. God. It's like watching yeah, that... Darian's do Darian's doing like all of our parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm basically like I'm like a, I'm a one man show. I'm like basically assisting it to myself. Assisting the basketball. <laughs> all right, my oh, bad. I don't know. Don't worry, Darian. I've had this cough. Darian, you're muted. Are you okay? Oh, it's like, uh, I've had muted. this cough. Oh, there for you like go. You're a week, good. man. I don't know what the hell it is, but this, the, the, going to a concert did not help me. Um, but I have chloroseptic here so I can numb my throat for the rest of the night. So I just won't feel when I have to cough. There you go. Taste it from here. <laughs> but yeah, it's numbing. It's great. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah apparently topics. we got to the lightning round. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we got through it all smooth, smooth. So there, if you want to grade my, uh, lightning round chat, go there's, for it. There's, there's, there's <laughs> your, your graphics and everything. There's a lightning flying everywhere. Awesome. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think I'll survive though. <laughs> All right, but anyways, now getting back on track. Uh, it's quite a bit to go over here, so let's go through it. Let's get through it one at a time. First off, the big news this evening: Kyle Busch Motorsports, the team that you know so many fans. I mean, like for the most part, fans loved them, but whenever Kyle Busch would race, like, oh, I'm sick of leeching, blah blah blah. Well, some of y'all are getting your wish. They are officially shutting down after the 2023 season um pretty shocking pretty shocking um not not shocking to some because there is some twitter account that i thought was lying and they were right the whole time so they obviously got the inside scoop over there um but yeah they've been bought out by spire because spire you know at this point wants to take over the world apparently they want to buy out everybody we have a, a announcement point. actually to make right here on the show but we oh. will now be the spire weekly podcast oh. <laughs> starting from next year jared the check cleared uh all right check your bank account right. spire yep they have bought this show no I'm, yeah. i will say <laughs> i will say that um i i'm gonna really enjoy hearing Corey lajoy try and talk about stacking pennies right after <laughs> spire in the span of two weeks spent 65 million dollars <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they blowing pennies. It sounds like, but for a good reason. So and to be exact, yeah, to be exact, yeah, a lot of pennies were required for this transaction. Twenty five million dollars to buy the shop and manufacturing, pretty much everything, everything else, everything, everything must go. Um, I just thought of something. Was twenty five million? So that'd be two two point five billion pennies to yep, buy the two shop. Hey, 2.5 billion pennies, yo. Fun fact. Fun fact. Oh my God. But yeah, so uh, Jared, I'll start off with you, man. With this news, well, first off, let's start off here. I mean, like, you know, how does this impact the truck series now? Because not only do you have KBM, they're shutting down, but remember, GMS, not too long ago, they announced they were shutting down too. So we're getting all these top teams in the series that are, you know, leaving left and right. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, we don't know yet just... How many teams there's going to be? I mean, I know some talk was about three. There'd be the two KBM current ones with the one Spire team. Uh, there's also, there was, I saw some talk about Kyle Bush would be racing at some point with them. It's a Chevy family, all that stuff. It's the seven kind of turned into like the Chevy, you know, oh, we need, we need a few Chevy guys to learn how the track is here. Just run the Spire truck. Uh, so I don't think this is nearly as bad by any means for, uh, Chevrolet in the truck series and the truck series overall at that. Uh, actually, for Spire, though, it it's clearly creating a pipeline at this point to get up through the ranks and maybe have their own drivers long term, whether it's the ones they have now or when if they start a development program. Uh, but it's it's proof 
that I think Spire right now is for real. They are done. This was actually going to be my backup hot take. Uh, that I think by 2030, maybe maybe Cup, but in either series, it will be a perennial playoff team by 2030, where it'll be normal by 2030 for a Spire truck or Cup Series car to make the playoffs because they're going to spend the money. They have different investors coming in more than ever. And it, it's... It's that upward ascension that I think all fans want to see out of lower teams. Yeah, no, it's a feel good. Like, I feel like, you know, it's definitely a feel good story to some extent. Like obviously Spire, you know, they represent the drivers and all that stuff. So like when they first started a team, they were just like, and eh, let's just, you know, put whoever's and, you know, on our client list in here and stuff that needs a ride. But now they're getting serious about this, man. They're getting very serious. And, you know, it's one thing to build a cup series team. Like they were, it's one thing to go out and get Zane Smith and all that stuff, but it's another when you're building the pipeline. So that really means like, hey, we're really focused on the future here. We're in the Chevy family. They seem to have a, an, an eye for talent there too. And of course, you know, getting some uh, some money along the way as well. So what do you think, Eric? Yeah, I, as far as the pipeline goes, I'll be curious how many trucks they field. It sounds like they're going to probably keep the two KBM trucks. They also, you know, KBM has an alliance with Rev Racing and Nick Sanchez. I assume that relationship will probably stick around because Gainbridge who now basically seems to own Spire, uh, also has a sponsor deal with with Rev Racing, so I'm sure that relationship will continue. But um, but who will they? Who will be their drivers? Uh, Chase Purdy announced he he had signed an extension a few weeks back. I don't know if that still stands. Yeah. I got a theory. So I think one of them will be full. If it is two trucks, um, I think one of them will be full time, and then another will be part time with a mixture of you know younger talent trying to work their way up and also. You know, I mean, Zane Smith is a truck series champion. You don't think he'll do a few races every now and then, you know, maybe get some cup guys in there. So I suppose he could. That's certainly possible. I mean, the seven was already basically an all-star truck for this year. So I don't know. I don't know. But, but no, you're right. The pieces are now there. Um, When this was first sort of rumored a few, few days ago or a week ago, I wondered if maybe Spire was after the, the, the shop, the, the space more than anything. Cause I don't know if this is still correct, but aren't Spire still basically running their team out of Colwicky's old shop? And now they're a three car cup team. They're obviously looking to expand their truck operations at some point, you know, they just need a better place to work in KBM that shop in Mooresville's supposed to be really nice, really large. Um, so I wonder if that's what this acquisition was about more than anything, but now we know that, that no Kyle Bush is getting out of the ownership game completely. And that's the part that did surprise me a bit. Not that Spire is trying to expand. There's they've proven they're willing to spend money, but that Kyle Bush would step away from this machine he's created when just as recently as a couple days ago on NASCAR's YouTube channel, he was quoted talking about how he still wants to share a truck with Brexton Bush in the future. How, you know, he was kind of joking that KBM has the the rights to Brexton Bush right now. Someone else would have to buy him out. You know, it's like <laughs> he was talking about that just a few days ago. So I don't know if in the back of Kyle Bush's mind for months, he's been considering getting out of the ownership game or if freaking Gamebridge just rolled up with a truckload of cash this last week and made him an offer he couldn't refuse. I don't know, but either way it is bittersweet because while it's great that there's a new ownership group inspire and Gamebridge that are investing in the sport, investing in drivers that believe in the future of NASCAR. It's sad that, uh, the truck series team KBM is the greatest team in truck series history. They're gone. That branding will be gone. Uh, that ownership group. I mean, I'm sure many of the crew members and shop people will stick around and work for Spire, but you know, in a high level sense, that team is now gone or will be gone after this year. And that's kind of, 
kind of sad. It is the end of an era. They're sitting on a hundred wins even right now. They got three chances to get to 101. We'll see. But um, yeah, I just wonder, I wonder what this means for Kyle Bush's future now. Is he still going to race for seven or eight more years? Is there a clause somewhere where he can work? He can share a spire truck with Brexton in the future. Like, I guess that's a long way out, but my takeaway from this is how does this affect Kyle Bush's future plans? Yeah, honestly, I mean, maybe you can make the case. Maybe he's maybe trying to, you know, find some type of ownership uh, stake within maybe a cup team. Maybe, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just maybe spitballing here and stuff. Cause I feel like, okay. Says, you know, he said, you know, has a future plan for Brexit and stuff like that. He's obviously going to set his son up in, you know, the right position once he comes of age to race, right? So I feel like whether that's Spire, whether that's RCR after he retires and stuff, I feel like he's going to be a part of a team, you know, like, you know, not as the full owner, obviously, but in some type of, you know, management role like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like he's setting up for that, you know? But again, I'm just spitballing here. So, yep, uh, end of an era. Uh, KBM, rest in peace. And basically, this is this is a similar feeling to when Kevin Harvick uh, Incorporated shut down too. It was like basically out of nowhere. Like, oh man, I love that team, you know. But then in the moment and stuff, you would hate their Cup drivers leeching. But yeah, hey, for the most part, I'm gonna miss that team. They gave us Christopher Bell, Eric Jones, multiple talented drivers. That's what I was going to say. I mean, like KHI, you had guys like Briscoe, Blaney, a lot of good mm-hmm. four drivers or just drivers in general came through that system. You mentioned Bell uh, and, and Jones. William Byron was a KBM truck driver. Mm-hmm. Bubba Wallace, Harrison Burton, Todd Gilliland. Um, I'm sure there's others we could, <laughs> we could name that have Greg. Yeah, Gregson uh, that yeah. have either made it to cup, had success in cup one way or the other. Um, so, yeah, that kind of, again, it's just at the end of the day, it sounds like those two trucks will remain. Uh, but it won't be Kyle Busch leading the charge anymore. And that's that's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, certainly will. Yeah, it's certainly going to be very different. Uh, as to what Spire Motorsports does in the future, we don't know at this point because they've done some pretty unpredictable things this silly season. And honestly, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if they do something out of nowhere again. So we'll see what um, what happens with that. Now moving on to like to one of my favorite segments, the reckless speculation. Oh boy, yes. Specifically, uh, specifically with the um, with the 2024 schedule, which has yet to be released yet. So if you can, y'all can hurry up on that, please, because people are trying to plan, bro. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not speaking for myself. I'll be fine, but people are trying to plan for stuff. I mean, I'll man, be so. real with you on this. When it comes to the the schedule and all, like I want to know probably six, mm-hmm. seven, eight months at this point. Just right. I want to know in in advance. I don't know if I'll be able to make any races outside of the Kansas fall race next year. Like I, that, yeah. I'm being realistic at this point. Cause I, it's, it's getting a little, not a little, it is completely overboard. I think we've, we've all, we've all ranted on this part at, at least, but now all we got here is the reckless speculation and all the rumors yeah. that have come out <laughs> about it. That's it. Yeah. All we get are rumors and like five dates so far. Yeah, so let's go for it. So, uh, um, you just want me to list off all these rumors, Jared? Or I mean, just, go, just like, start. One one? I want to read one off and let's just right, see where we go with it. it. There's a, there's a sure. bunch. All right. So the first one, uh, rumor of the Richmond double header, uh, dies down. Uh, it apparently won't happen. So, so there's that. So, if you're into uh two uh Richmond races, um, back to back, unfortunately, yeah, well, so you're out of luck. I don't. Is there going to be a double header though? Because they they want that two week Olympic break. NBC yeah. wants it off, or like I don't see how they fit 
I don't know how they fit the schedule together unless they get rid of the summer break on Father's Day. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't know. The Richmond doubleheader, I mean, I wasn't really a, a fan of it, but if we had to do a doubleheader somewhere, that one did make the most sense perhaps on paper. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I had to admit, <laughs> I, was, I kind of was like, I went daydreaming a little bit because I will, while doubleheaders wouldn't work, I have to admit I liked them. Uh, and it was supposed to be a Wednesday night Richmond race at like, eight o'clock central ish or something like a later starting Wednesday race. I was like, Oh man, we could have done a pre-race show. <laughs> then we have it on Sunday. And uh, I was thinking selfishly on that one though, but <laughs> I, I kind of wanted it just, I know it would do horrible ratings and I'm glad they're not doing it for that reason. But selfishly, I loved the midweek races. I loved it. Yeah. that's one of the best parts about uh, 2020. One of the few best parts, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, the next one is two super speedways in the playoffs. Somebody say playoffs. Um, yeah, um, I would assume Atlanta gets added. I mean, that's that's one I assume. Or you probably, know, the, yeah. Or if like the other rumors true about you know Texas being a a new super speedway, then I mean, I I don't know. Like, I don't think that's gonna. I don't know. I yeah, I don't think that's. I don't gonna see happen. after Dale Jr. saying that Marcus Smith has paused all the yeah talk yeah. about that. I don't see them. Yeah. fully reversing it and having it done by that point but yeah. and, and the other rumors that they they already said that texas is out of the playoffs anyway so even if it, that were to happen yeah. i would so, think it'd be atlanta then and that, that it has of, to be don't do yeah. it don't do it, it please and here's the thing i know they want chaos and stuff but again there has to be like you know a balance between you know actual you know racing where, and then the spectacle I where guess. would you put it like where huh. where would it fit because i don't at least at this point, maybe NASCAR would want it differently. I don't think you put it in the round of eight. I guess I think it's they too important. That's too important of a of a round to leave that much to be desired. So do you put it like head like first two are at Super Speedway Atlanta and Talladega around a twelve, and then the Roval, or do you maybe move Kansas into Texas's place and then put it there? Yeah, I, I mean, know. I just I like how the super speedways are spaced out now. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, they're, they're spaced out pretty evenly. I think having the regular season finale at Daytona is fantastic. And kind of your point, Jared, I think the round of 12 is the perfect round for a super speedway. Not two. You can't put two in the same round, but you put one in the round of 16 that's backed right up against the Daytona night race. And then, you know, that, that round, you know, I just we almost had a number one seed knocked out in the first round this year. <laughs> I'd hate to make that even more likely. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that first round, the best team should be able to get through without much issue. I don't want to see Atlanta or Talladega shake things up too much in that first, in those first three races. So it'll probably, it would probably be Atlanta if they do it and they'd probably move it to the round of 16, but I don't know that I would not support that. I would hey, very, very valid points, which is exactly why NASCAR will do the opposite <laughs> when it comes to super speedways. Yeah. I, if I they can explain shocked. why, if they can say, Hey, we had to do it this year because of this or that. And you know, then I'll judge like if they just do it just cause uh, I'll be critical. But if there's a reason where it's like, damn, it wasn't perfect, but this is what we had to do. I, I I'll at least hear them out on it, but it's not something I would, yeah. want them to pursue it, it's I agree. so much more and more between this the tv deal and the charter deal feels like nascar got pantsed on the playground right now and they and they they <laughs> were not even like they got caught with their pants down or something because they're just i don't i don't understand how we're still having this conversation i know it's about to be it's about well, to be october we were suppo- <laughs> so 
Eric, I think you know better than me. When were they supposed to, were they supposed by now know what the charter deal would be? I just remember at the beginning of the year, a lot of folks were saying, oh, it'll be done by the summer. Or that's kind of the goal is to have it done by the summer. It wasn't like a hard deadline, but it was sort of like the summer. And I think the same went for the TV deal. I think yeah, a like lot of June. the early, yeah, a lot of the early reports were that they were trying to get something done by the summer and we're past <laughs> the summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, On schedule, both. the schedule probably won't be out till probably after the Roval. I, that's I'm, crazy. I'm getting. Get it's all good. What I else know. we got? What else yeah. we got on this yeah. reckless we'll, speculation? We'll, we'll try and get through for you, bro. <laughs> I trust me. I'm frustrated too. Uh, if Montreal, if the uh, if um, if Montreal doesn't work, uh, rumor has it that Iowa Speedway, yes, you Midwesterners, Iowa Speedway may get a Cup and Xfinity date. I love that idea. I love I th- it. I think there could be some truth to this rumor. Right? So when I talked to Chase Briscoe the other day, I asked him, what's one realistic track you'd like to see on the schedule next year? And he immediately, without much hesitation, said Iowa. So, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't say, oh, yeah, I've heard it's happening or anything like that. But he just sounded so confident and like he really wanted to see that track on the schedule, thought it would race really well, et cetera, et cetera. That um, that makes me think he has heard something and he's excited mm-hmm. by the, the the momentum it may have. So, yeah. um Next gen doesn't race great at that type of racetrack. Iowa is unique, multiple lanes, multiple grooves. So I think it might race better than Richmond or some of the other short tracks. I love that we're going to fill that kind of gap on the, on the map, if you will. There's, we don't really race much out in that area of the country. I mean, there's like Kansas, you know, road America is not on the schedule. The Midwest outside of the Chicago street race, Indianapolis. And I'm sure I'm missing at least one, but outside of what? Is I guess Iowa... Michigan, but that's pretty far out of the way. Like I just Iowa, we think of Iowa as just rural cornfields, us non-Iowans. Uh, that's how we that's how we stereotype yeah. it. But there's uh I think there's clearly a huge racing audience there. And so I would I think the cup series at Iowa Speedway would be pretty cool. Yeah. Meet Certainly me. a lot of questions with the next gen though. Yeah. Meet me at the gas station across the street. I was my like when I lived in Illinois, I always stopped there on the way to Kansas, and my dad always stops there on the way to Kansas. Uh, I, I love it. That track is doing some awesome things. Uh, that I think that NASCAR would be a perfect fit if they're able to build it up. If, if it just turns into, it's like, ah, crap, we're there. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, get Tim Duggar to play there. Like, no, uh, nah. no, but, but if, if, like, <laughs> if you can get somebody pretty good to be out there, kind of emulate a bit of what IndyCar has done, or even just emulate in some ways, some cool stuff around it. I'd like that. I hope it's not just a, oh, uh, screw it. I guess we'll give the Midwest a bone one year. Yeah, see, because what Hy-V did with them in IndyCar was awesome. They planned that out for like a year and they had, you know, signed, you know, got the big artist, Ed Sheeran. And I can't, I I forgot who the other one was, but they were pretty, pretty big stars and stuff too. Now, I mean, like, I think they should do something similar with with this event as well. I mean, it's going to be, you know, their first ever Cup Series race. It has to be a huge deal there. So, but yeah, I don't know why that popped up. There we go. But yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I would love that though. Personally, I would love that. And uh, next up, North Wilkesboro may be back as the all-star race again. How do y'all feel about that? I I'm cool with that. Honestly, I'm fine with it. Um, I, I pardon me wants to see them just, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. A part of me wants them to completely uproot the track surface and start over. Um, you know, all for all the raving we did for years about how great that old surface is, it raced terribly. So mm-hmm. I, I would, you know, that, and it's not all on the surface, it's on the cars as well. But the fact that the surface had patches here and there, I think 
kind of ruin the racing. So yeah, at this point, sense. I at this point, maybe sacrilegious, I would just start over. If they do that, then yeah, I'll be excited about North Wilkesboro return. Well, and NASCAR has talked about it where it's gonna take a while to to fix um the the package. It might it might be twenty four, it might be twenty five or twenty six before we actually get the short track racing that I think our fan, all these fans deserve. Uh, so I guess if you're going to suck, you might as well get the new pavement sucking out of the way while it sucks. And that way, like when it's really good, it's going to be really, really good again. Uh, that's the only way I can see it. This, this one to me, as well as the confirmation that there will be two concrete Bristol races kind of proves that I think some of the high ceiling, uh, I won't say acquisitions, but like attempts at, at spicing up the schedule even more probably failed. And at this point they're just getting back to like the stuff they know they can get to work. Cause it's just their properties. Cause wasn't it um, the rumor a while back that Rockingham was supposed to take yeah. that. And then they, the North Wilkesboro would get the Easter date. And now more than likely Easter is probably going to go back to Bristol. Uh, though I, I hope Bristol's in like May, June. I thought that that area worked really well for Bristol. Yeah, that that's perfect. Year. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, and then the and then the next one, according to Dale Jr., the Roval is gone, and two Charlotte Oval races will be happening in 2024. I love it. I love it. Goodbye. Look, the Roval. Hey, look, first year, you know, was cool. I remember showing my uh my old roommate. Um, that was his first, that was the first ever NASCAR race he ever watched with me from start to finish. And he was like, whoa, that was so cool and stuff. But really, I, after that, I mean, outside of Chase Elliott's comeback win after running into the tire barriers, mm, I don't know. And not really too many, you know, memorable moments racing-wise. I mean, you know, a ton of wrecks and a ton of crazy restarts. But racing-wise, eh, you know, I'm I'm over it. I'd rather see them race the Opal. Do you do Do you all agree? With the next gen, I'd, I'd probably rather them race the oval, but I don't know. Even last year, Bell's comeback win, uh, what was it, a couple of years ago, the Harvick versus Elliott retaliation. I don't, every year of this track, there's been something memorable. Hell, the Xfinity race that took place in a monsoon. I, every yeah. year, something about this track is memorable. So I am a little bummed to see it go, but the next gen races so well on the traditional Charlotte layout that I'll welcome that to return uh, i do hope they can fit a road course into the playoffs though there needs to be a road course race in the playoffs you can't have four or five or six in the regular season and then have zero in the playoffs like no the playoffs should represent to a degree the whole season like a bit of everything um so there needs to be a road course if if the oval is gone forgive me if i'm wrong and maybe i'm forgetting some but the only ones that, like that are confirmed at this point would be sonoma the Glen, uh, Coda, and Chicago, right? Am I missing one? No, because Roval's probably gone, Indy's gone, and Road America. Oh, Road America was already gone. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's. I guess that's so, it. I, I, the only thing I can think of is that I know there were. Uh, there's so many rumors. There's nothing confirmed. <laughs> but the, well, another rumors. rumor was about I think Watkins Glen being moved to the playoffs yep. in the first round, or maybe the second. I would love that. Yeah, love I just, that. that. The thing for me is. That weekend works so well. They have like over a hundred thousand there every year. Yeah. The racing's yeah, good. The ratings are good. Everything about it is good. Don't I? I don't like messing with something that's working. Like there's not uh, much, exactly there's not much that has worked in the last ten years. Ten years straight in NASCAR. This is one of those few things that has worked nonstop. I don't want to mess it up. 
So while you're saying it sounds good in theory, if, if it ain't broke, uh, well, don't fix it though. It, it right? race good, but when you're now shuffling dates for fans a month this way or that way, as well as having the schedule out even later for them to decide or not, you're then also having the the problem of of going against you know in New York State you're going to go against uh, fans of you mm-hmm. know the Jets, the Giants, the Bills, all that football is king, especially around there i i don't i don't like messing with it like as i think no. it's good where it's at right now yeah that's fair fair enough. could they move circuit of the americas back i know there's that rumor there's something about yep. coda making a big announcement what if with texas moving back up to the spring what if they move austin back to i know there's the f1 race in october usually right maybe yep. they could find a slot late september around this time maybe it could be the round of 12 opener next year and maybe yeah. that would be uh workable Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that that would be, i say this, I'd probably try and get back to Coda because if I wanted to, it just never works out with my schedule. I, I would try and make it work. Uh, I don't see NASCAR biting the bullet to be like the feeder race into an F1 race, but I, I you'd have to, that. The, I think the interesting part of that one is what crossover of those who go to a NASCAR Coda race and F1 race is there? Probably not too much. Especially in terms of prices. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about is if you get, you can't get it too close to the F1 race because they spend months setting up those races, even at F1 tracks. So at, at that point, you'd probably have to do it, yeah, either that second race of the first round maybe, or if you can somehow bite the bullet and be that feeder race. I don't know. like, But that's... That, I don't, I don't see how they'd be able to do it except that first round. But they're having that that announcement, so. Yeah, so it could be anything. We'll yeah, probably something out of nowhere. We'll figure it out. But, hey, in conclusion, NASCAR, please hurry up. <laughs> there are plenty of fans are uh, trying to uh, plan for next season, and it's pretty hard at the moment. Uh, but finally, though, uh, Storehouse Racing uh, is going to have four cars uh, next year. Amarola not expected to be back, but Cole Custer is the leading option for the 10 car, according to Bob Pockers. I like that. Um, there's no question the team's going to struggle. I will be shocked if anything other than that happens. You know, it's going to be a, a long rebuilding year, I feel like. So, you know what? Why bring in anyone new? Just bring in a guy who's been within the team for many, many years. He can help you all out through this rebuild. And, you know, I, I feel like Cole Custer, you know, like, you know, I feel like some people, they're writing him off as a bust to um, uh, way too quickly. Let's just give him one more shot and see what happens. You know, we'll see. I'm just surprised. And, you know, maybe all the f- drivers with funding are off the board at this point, like Austin Hill, mm-hmm. Sammy Smith. Um, but I'm just surprised they would replace a driver who had almost a full season of sponsorship from Smithfield with someone who brings zero. Yeah. sponsorship now cole custer at the same time will basically race for free because he's the boss <laughs> one of the, the yeah. president's son whatever the case but i guess it almost makes me wonder now if Stuart haas is just like good drivers are passing on Stuart haas like you gotta imagine maybe, maybe, least, maybe that's true as well yeah you gotta imagine they at least reached out to zane smith you know i did or, see i mean so, was it bob's was it bob's tweet that i think said that you know almirola is not expected to be back but those in the know no crazier things have happened with him. Like yeah, the fact that he hasn't he hasn't announced anything yet, it makes you wonder. Like his big reason for retiring or announcing his retirement last year or whenever it was was spending more time with his family. But 
I don't know if his, if his family's able to travel with him, you know, the COVID restrictions are no more. Now that his family's able to come with him to the race pretty regularly. Maybe he's more comfortable being on the road. Like he's not old. He's like 39 or something. Right. Yeah. That's not too, um, too old for a so, cup driver. Yeah. You know, the team's struggling right now. He's not running very good. It may not be that much fun, but if Smithfield is continuing to just support you through thick and thin, uh, then he might be, you know, still waiting and just contemplating. Yeah, how about one more year? Let's why not? Let's do it. But I'm surprised he hasn't made a decision yet. Yeah, storehouse racing. We got a lot going on, a lot of questions, you know. But hey, we'll see what happens with them. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if Almirola comes back too. We thought he was retired, but then nah. <laughs> IDK players in the chat. Don't worry, the ten will win this weekend. This weekend, oh yeah, oh, oh geez, remember throwback, throwback. Right, maybe the chat will pick him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of that, the picks we have now arrived to that point in the show where we are now about to preview Talladega. Yes, sir. I was at this race last year. It was a blast. My first time ever going in person. Chase Elliott won that. Let's see if he goes for two this year. But anyways, let's go over the weekend notes. Stuart Haas is going to be running the Talladega Night style cars of Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr., both uh, Ryan Priest and Chase Briscoe. Briscoe's driving the Cal Naughton scheme, and, and Priest is driving the Ricky Bobby one. So that's pretty cool. So we'll look out for those cars, definitely, for sure, for sure. Um, as for the races, though, the cup race name is the Yellowwood 500. There you go. A simple name. All tracks. Please take notes. Keep the name, the sponsor name simple, please. Um, uh, as for the laps, 188 in total. The stage is 60 laps for stages one and two, followed by 68 for the final stage. Uh, the start time is 2 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. You can also listen to it on MRN. Uh motor racing network uh the weather uh for that sunday 84 degrees mostly sunny only a four percent chance of rain so hopefully luck's on our our side with that and the defending race winners chase elliott as for the truck series race the loves rv stop 250 only 100 laps 20 laps for stages one and two 60 laps for the final stage start time 1 p.m eastern on fs1 you can also listen to it on the motor racing network uh, the weather for that Saturday, 86 degrees, uh, mostly sunny, also a 4% chance of rain. The defending race winner is Matt DiBenedetto. I wonder but if too bad. Repeat. Yeah, yeah, too bad. <laughs> I wish he could now, repeat, right? <laughs> really quick about the stages and stuff like that. The race length was changed this year to 100 laps, so the stages may be announced to have changed this week. I think that happened with the Xfinity race, I want to say, last Thursday. They announced a stage change. Uh, so don't be surprised if that happens. Yeah. All right. So just keep an eye on that. And as for the betting odds, Darian's famous betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, let's go over them. Brad Keselowski is the odds-on favorite at plus 1,100. But as you can see, the odds are very, very tight, to say the least. Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, both plus 1,200. Chris Buescher, plus 1,300. And William Byron rounds out the favorites at plus 1,400. As for the best of the rest, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, all tied at 1,400. Uh, Ross Chastain and Kyle Busch at plus 2,000. As for the underdogs, Kyle Larson at plus 2,200, followed by Chase Briscoe at plus 2,800. Uh, Ryan Priest, uh, 3,500. Corey LaJoy, 5,500. And finally, for the chat, just in case you want to do it again, because it worked out for you all the last time, Ty Dillon is plus 40,000. So, hey, just put a 
couple dollars on Ty Dillon. You'll you'll win a fortune, basically. <laughs> but yeah, so those are the betting odds. Let's get into the NWP Fantasy League standings, though. For the main league, uh, it's pretty close. But at the moment, Sean 48 and Wise, the only player who has 6,000 points in the overall standings. He is the points leader, followed by Trevor Sports 98, 48 Nation. Denny delivers, and Black Flags Matter rounding out the top fives. As for the second league, it's a lot closer as there is only a 10-point gap between Vroom HMS and 42 Larson 5. Wow, JC underscore 43 lost the points lead. He is sitting in third. Uh, BFM is fourth. And rounding out the top five is Race Roar 48. So thank you guys so much for playing all season. And now to the other pick segment, uh, the pick points standings. Eric, you closed the gap a tad a little bit, right? A couple of points. I'll yeah, take what I can get. A few points. The chat still has 521 in total. But now Eric's only behind by 26. And then me and Jarrett are in a dead tie for third spot. Danny is sitting in fifth, minus 70. So, yeah. So, we got to uh, make the picks here. But, hey, Jarrett, since we're tied, uh, so who go? Do we go at the same I, time? Uh, I, got the, I got the tiebreaker. <laughs> right, uh, if you look on there... Uh, I have 12 total races of the top three series pick correct versus your 11. Oh, well, there you go. Just barely, just barely got it. But yeah. All right. So let's start off. Uh, who is going to win the truck series race? Eric, go. This is weird. It's Talladega. It's, it's obviously a wild card, but I feel really confident in my picks. Like I feel, I feel like a, a sweep for me this week is, is likely. Um, I'm starting with Zane Smith to win the truck race. Front row is literally wheeling out a second truck driven by a very competent driver in Brett Moffat to push their guy to the win, an all-important mm. playoff win. So it's mm. going to work out. Zane gets the dub. Okay. Problem with super speedway racing is he can't plan for anything. And I think that while I think he would be the good one, I'm going to go with somebody else who's been really, really strong there, and I'm going to go with Ekis. Mm. Hey, this guy's had a hell of a week uh, in his career. Um, he's shown flashes too, especially early in the season. Uh, just needs a little lady luck, and you know, Talladega can either you know give you a ton of luck or it can take it take it all away. This guy's gonna get his first career truck series victory. I'm gonna go with Raja Karuf. Why not? Ooh. And we oh, have I a pick from Danny's. Danny. Yeah, yeah. What's Danny's? Ben Rhodes. Okay, Ben. Okay, yeah, that's so... a pretty good one. I think the chat's going with Zane Smith. So yeah, Zane we, all, Smith we have chat. almost all different picks. Okay, not bad, not and, bad. And to be but fair, yep. before Eric picked, I think they were actually all putting 38s in before we even had it. Yeah, yeah, That's I fair. saw that right from the beginning. So Zane Smith it is. All right, so now for the cut picks. Eric, you start us off. Who is going to suck at Talladega? I still think this guy makes it out of this round, but I'm going to hedge my bets a bit and say Martin Truex Jr. He <laughs> hasn't gotten anything to go right in these playoffs, and this is not historically a great style of track for him. Yeah. I don't know how you could suck more than he did last time, so I won't say he's going to do that bad, but uh, Ryan Priest will suck with all four wheels on the ground this time. <laughs> hey, this guy, Eric said he's leading the, the series. Nine DNFs, it's about to be 10. Austin Dillon, baby. Woo! And uh, Danny has Kyle Larson. Oh, and I believe the chat also has Kyle that Larson. Larson, wow. All right, Nick. All right, so mark him down as Larson. Can't pick him for the victory now. I don't think they were. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's only plus 2,200. Put some money on him. All right, anyways. 
Um, moving on now, the underdog picks. Eric, who's your underdog? So I disagree with Jarrett, uh, not because I have a whole lot of facts to back me up, although this guy's had a few good top five, top 10 super speedway runs in the past, but I believe in poetry. Uh, this guy was flying through the air. This is not good. The last time we raced at a super speedway, now he's in the Ricky Bobby scheme at Talladega. It's not going <laughs> to win, but I think Ryan Priest is going to be in the top five when it's all said and done. Well, you know, I like winning a lot of money, and while I don't think he's going to win, I do think that the top five picks top 10 picks depending on what happens especially top 10 i think good to be really good for this guy so i think you can cash in on betting a top 10 for ty dylan oh that's pretty i'm sure i'm pretty sure the chat wants it too but moving on to me now um i'm gonna go with ryan priest man he's got the ricky bobby scheme and, you know, he's ran up front and stuff, too. Just needs a little luck on his side, man. Just say, hey, hopefully no uh, um, blowovers like uh, the last Super Speedway. So Stuart, go Haas, Stuart Haas has qualified very well at Super Speedways mm -hmm. uh, this year. Yeah, really Fords in general, yeah. And who Danny picked? McDowell Supremacy! Good pick. And I believe the chat going with Ty Dillon. Easily. Yeah. Easily Ty Dillon. So no need to debate that. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the main event, who's going to win? Who's going to win at Talladega? Eric, choose wisely because you're starting to catch up to the chat now. Uh, this guy has four top 10 finishes in the five super speedway races this season. He's won here before. It's all or nothing. I think he needs to win or finish top five in all the stages to make it out of this round. Ryan Blaney. Mm. Now or never. Interesting. Interesting. All right. I thought you were going with somebody who I was going to be going with. So <sighs> chat, I'm liking the way you're going with it right now. I'm liking that pick. <laughs> Problem is I think his teammate beats him. I'm going to go Busher. Mm. Okay. Hey, you know, he won here last year, you know, doesn't have a win quite yet, but he's proven he can get it done on here. As I saw in person last year, Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott, a non-playoff driver gets a victory. Uh, and Danny is going with the chat on this one. I'm just going to spoil it now. Brad Ooh. Keselowski. Yep. Bad Brad. Okay. Hey, hey we didn't have bold. to, uh, we didn't have to run a poll this time. The first time in a while. <laughs> we didn't have to run a poll for any of the picks. Both races, we have four of five when it comes to four different picks with five different people. So, wow. I like it. I like it. Hey, that's Talladega for you. That's Talladega. I like your Busher pick. See, I was almost suckered into picking Brad again, but I feel like I've picked Brad three or four times mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. And at least twice of those, I think Busher has actually gone on to win right. the race. <laughs> Remember, we all picked him for Bristol. So. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, yeah. so, chat, good luck to you guys. Maybe Brad pulls through for you this weekend. That'd be cool. Yeah. But good luck, chat. Let's see. I feel, Let's like, see. I feel like we have an equal chance. If I'm doing my math right, we have an equal chance of Eric catching the chat as me and Darian have to catching Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we yeah. all are equally separated, 26, 26. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's see if it works out. We'll see. But yeah. So that'll conclude this edition of the picks on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. We are now at that point in the show. We are at the final super chat stage break let me get the rest uh, let me get through the arrest of these super chats well, and rev oh go ahead before you say that uh let's let's let them know before the super chats and after next week october 4th 
at Chanted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Join us next week on Wednesday night, October 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Icebergs channel for NWP. We'll review Talladega weekend and look forward to the Charlotte Roval. And now let me get through these super chats. Rev Rasheem Hall Stewart with the 250. Who was your guy's biggest role model growing up? Uh, my mom and dad. Easily. Easily mom and dad. Yeah, parents are a good one. Um, if that's if this is a NASCAR specific question, I'd say Matt Kenseth. No, he just says just role models growing up in general. Yeah, so, yeah. My, my parents and grandparents and uh, NASCAR wise, Dale Jr. Yeah, Jam underscore plays underscore games with the two hour super chat. Shout out to BJ for racing with a broken cool suit. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Movement. Yeah, what's up, Movement? Not only a channel mod, he mods my Discord. He's the man. Thank you so much for the two-hour super chat. Can't believe Edwards is racing Phoenix and Trellix. Oh, I know what you're doing. No, nah, no, nah, I know what he's doing. I, he keeps, hey, I know him. I know he's him. He's such a troll, man. He keeps pushing yeah, that. I love it. I, I know him. <laughs> I know him, bro. Garbicky or Gar Garbucky with the $5 super chat. Fun fact, Josefar has finished ahead of Truex in all four of his races with Legacy Motor Club. No I didn't realize way. that. That's funny. I don't Damn. know whether... That's impressive, or just that both basically. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then David Bell joining again as a channel member. Thank you, Will Griffin with the twenty hour super chat. Thank you very much. If RFK and and Front Row Motorsports keep getting better, and Penske and especially Storehouse Racing keep struggling, do you see one or both of them leaving Ford? I can definitely see SHR leaving, especially if Rick Ware Racing ends up doing better. Penske is a coin toss. Very good question. Very good question. I would say, I would say no for Penske, but I'd say yes for SHR. I would say I, that. I think Stuart Haas is a better chance. They've switched manufacturers a little more recently, not that much more recently, I guess. Or no, yeah. When when did when did they switch from Chevy? Was it 2017? 17. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Penske switched to Ford when the next gen was introduced. So yeah, mm. I, I go SHR. Yeah, I'm same thing. Okay. When the Gen Six was introduced, not the next gen. My bad. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> super or Slay Supersonic at the ten dollars super chat. Press F in the chat for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Statistically speaking, the greatest team in the 38 year history of the NASCAR Truck Series. Wow, that's right. It is that old. Uh, no truck has as many wins or produced as many Cup stars. Yeah, absolutely right. Too bad it's Wait, gone. 38. Oh, I thought it was made in '95. Did oh wait a minute oh wait hold on 28 yeah 28 is what he means sorry yeah, yeah sorry yeah. It was 95 what? yeah 38 my bad uh blake with the five dollar super chat uh eric i'm in my fantasy baseball uh first place game this week uh i have uh um Br brigham uh brigman is that did i say brigman. that right brigman uh all ultra Altuve, Altuve, <laughs> oh and Val valdez i don't know how to say some of these names man we pitching tell tonight. <laughs> yeah uh wishing me luck uh also keep up the good work and i would not put a single houston astro anywhere near my fantasy team at this point this has been a disastrous okay. month of september same with the cubs <laughs> <laughs> uh ross crash Jane with the five dollar super chat uh dog goes wolf cat goes meow dot 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 but there's one sound uh that no one knows dot 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 what does the Boris say? Ah, I'm old enough to get that meme. That's a that's a, yeah, that's a memory. That's a memory back there, folks. Quite the uh, remix. 
Yeah. Dominic with the $5 super chat. Spire is stacking race teams. And there you go. Ray said, forget stacking pennies. You got to change the name then, Corey LaJoy, of the podcast. Tyler with the $5 super chat. Byron has more wins for Hendrick than Bush and Mark Martin combined. Hmm. What will um, what will it take for Byron to dethrone Chase and Larson as the top dog at Hendrick? Uh, he might have already have. Yeah, just keep no, you got a, ch- a championship. Those two yeah. got championships. Yeah, at the moment he's the top. But I mean, to be officially... Yeah, you gotta win that championship for next but, but year. But still, I mean, one one year, I mean, it, it's it's gonna be hard. Those th- those it might be those three now, full battle if this keeps going. But I want to see it more than just one year. Yeah, good situation for Hendrick, definitely. Uh, Tyler with the ten dollars super chat. Sup guys, Dale Junior signed my shirt yesterday, and a funny story from last night. Um, I was at uh, Sheets um getting late night food and after leaving my local dirt track and kyle and caitlin larson walked right in ah that is a cool that's a cool story that's pretty fun yep really cool story i don't know why my files and stuff are opening up all of a sudden (laughs) sorry about that um okay we only got a couple more uh mark martin fan for life thank you so much for the five dollar super chat um, five eleven nineteen. All wreck out this week. Dot dot dot. Uh, Bubba gets a top five and moves above the cut line. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that for sure. Maybe not Hamlin, but yeah, definitely those other two. And finally, the last super chat of the evening from Napa Racing Fan nine twenty seven with the five dollars super chat. Does IndyCar have to create a scheduling agreement with NASCAR to run at ISC slash SMI tracks? They desperately need more. Uh, super speedways indy only one now uh I, yeah just yeah they need more ovals I, for sure i think yeah. it's clear at this point indycar doesn't want ovals like yeah i mean as, as much as, yeah. as much as it sucks to say but i they probably do uh, isc and nascar are pretty much the same thing at this point and i mean da- david said in his video perfectly from the indycar side and it's the same thing with the nascar side uh, as much as we want them to be, IndyCar and NASCAR are not friends. They are competitors. And <laughs> yeah. NASCAR was instrumental in driving more of a wedge when it came to tracks, you know, during and after the split. And I don't see NASCAR wanting to be any nicer with them now. Uh, I guess I, I don't see it happening. I'll just say that. Yeah. I don't see, I, I do not see IndyCar going to any NASCAR owned tracks anytime soon. And that's sad to say, but yeah, as much as we as we want more ovals, yeah. Hey, look, the proof's in the pudding at this point, man. If IndyCar wanted more ovals, they would have put them on there by now. But I mean, yeah, not gonna happen. And I don't see SMI playing ball with them either, really, other than no. Texas, if that comes back. Yeah, no. So, in conclusion, uh, at least you have the old oval races on YouTube. Just watch those forever. <laughs> Sorry, that's sad to say, but true. But anyways. That'll conclude this uh, Super Chat stage break, the final one of the evening, and this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Now, really quick before we go, I want to send out a want to send a quick shout out to Jake, who recognized me and Jared at the Avenged Sevenfold concert. Really appreciate it. Was standing behind us. We got to talking. Somehow got towards racing and stuff. We um, explained what we did, and then he was like, "Wait, what's your channel names?" And we told him, and he had he had him like. So many videos in his history he showed us. That was awesome. So, yeah, that is super that's cool. cool. The last <laughs> place I ever expect, like, that's crazy. Like, like just when I get recognized at a race, that's just awesome in and of itself. But outside of it, that's like, whoa, that really blows my mind there. So really yeah. appreciate it. 
It was that, awesome. that was an awesome moment, and uh, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed the concert, too. Uh, oh, yeah. You can probably tell by my coughing fit and voice still being completely fried five yeah. days later that uh, yeah. I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, for the first concert, it's great, but for the next one I go to, I got to try the uh, the crowd surfing. Well, I got to try once, <laughs> at least once, right? Gotta try oh, yeah, someone once. went down in the pit, too. We had to, they had to stop like they had to oh. stop in the middle of Unholy Confessions. They started pointing like because someone went down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got yeah, knocked out. Got Darian knocked likes out, it. Dar- Dar- Darian likes the uh, he likes crowd surfing part of it. He likes the mosh pit. He likes the metal girls. He likes all. Yeah, of it. it was a great vibe, man. It was a great vibe. So that was awesome. One but step yeah. at a time. Me and Eric are gonna make Darian a metalhead. I mean, I already listened to some. I just don't be knowing the artists like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, so. you're doing the Lord's work over there, Jared. You are <laughs> doing the heavy lifting. All right. He takes me to Avenged Sevenfold. I should take him to a. Uh, Little baby or something. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. Oh, or God, NBA. Not, what the hell? What NBA, NBA young boy. Let's give something. it let's give it a shot sometime. Let's Jared, see how much I stand out like a sore thumb. No, Jared at a fucking NBA con- uh, young boy concert. Oh, that'd be uh that would make my day. That that would be something a fish out of water there. But yeah, <laughs> but anyways, that'll do it for this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Remember, tune in next week, October 4th, the icebergs channel will be going over Talladega and previewing the Rover, perhaps the final Rover. Thank you guys so much for watching. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Goodbye. Steve, you look beautiful. You look great. Ridiculous, man.